yeah, introduction. So this is episode two of the Great Rift podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Jamie. Hello. Um, we made it. We made it. We did a whole episode, which was really good. Um, today we were recording at Jamie's house in a bid to see if the recording sound is any better than the last one, which I think sounded better from the testing, so... Finger cross. We shall see. Um, so, first off, shout out to Warwolf for letting us use their music. Um, very cool, very heavy. It's exactly what I like. Um, we're going to drop in other bands sort of mid-episode for each one, but I think we'll stick with Warwolf for now. I mean, heavy intro- distortion is <laughs> the best exactly. way to introduce anything, I feel. It's so. exactly what I want. It's so good. Um, it's really interesting. Just a bit of rambling background when we picked that song. Didn't realise that... Um, actually knew a member of the band which was really surreal my friend paul like really bizarre like started googling and i was like oh i know that face that's really really strange yeah um, i know from the band everyone who's in brighton knows the iron giant that is oliver yeah so. <laughs> <It's> a small <laughs> doom, place yeah doom king so mm. yeah shout out to them so we're in sunny worthing um we're gonna do our next episode which is all about blood reaver um but we've sort of after doing our first episode which is kind of like a hit record and see what happens. We've kind of worked out our structure and we kind of fell on it naturally. So what we're going to do is a little introduction, talk about some hobby time, I guess. That was really cool. Um, Then we're going to split into part A and part B of all of our podcasts now where part A will focus on the characters, um, give you a quick recap on any that have existed prior. If you guys haven't heard episode one, go and listen to that now and that will cover a lot of the main cast. There are some new faces in... uh, in Blood Reaver, um, and then we'll have a quick pause, maybe a song. And part B is when we'll focus on the story. So, you know, if you don't want spoilers, you can always just listen to part A, get excited, and then go read it yourself. Yeah, um, just say so we won't, we're not gonna go like line by line, page by page, but we just hit our favorite scenes yeah. in the order yeah. we are in the book. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And as a spoiler warning, we are very spoilerific. We're these are books that have been around a while that's always going to be our intention i think you know we might occasionally jump in a newer book but i want to use this podcast to explore stuff that's been around ages like that i've not read yet or i have read and i want to read again so um just so you're aware basically that this will be full of spoilers we're going to tell you who lives and who dies if we can and and in what glorious way they get tortured exactly exactly um so i guess i'll start with saying happy birthday to black library i mean Twenty yeah. years today. Today oh. is the day they release all those special editions, all that that nice Eisenhorn model. It's mad because I was so going since a minute, but I was at Warhammer World yesterday for all your listeners. It was very cool. I was with um, sadly Jamie wasn't there, but no, some of the BWC crew, which was cool. Um, we went up the night before, had some drinks, and then we gamed yesterday. Weirdly, only got one game in because um, it was such a long game. I was so knackered after. I just wanted to go look at stuff in the shop and spend money um but yeah we didn't know it was the 20th year anniversary um because i'm i just don't pay attention sometimes yeah and there's just stuff everywhere like oh eisenhorn's on sale tomorrow i was like oh shit like that's really cool <laughs> um so i should probably go and buy that um but yeah it's cool it's nice they've done up the shop at warhammer world which is cool they've like opened the space out a bit and there used to be a till there yes taken yeah. the till away so they've just got more space they've added loads of chairs so it feels like you're in a you know, sometimes you get coffee shops in Starbucks. Yeah. It kind of felt like that, just but full of nerds. Yeah. It's so good. It's really cool. Having down with a latte and a, mm. and a book about blood angels. Yeah, I think. genocide. Yeah. Genocide over a cup of tea. Um, 
so yeah um so happy birthday black library um so i guess we should jump into what have we been doing hobby wise so you go first because i've got loads yeah well, uh, well after the last episode when i Specifically said, I wouldn't do cheese in my mech army. I'm not gonna. I like the robots. Well, I've gone and built some robots. <laughs> they're good. I mean, I'm not. I mean, people have them in their list. I'm not saying they're that cheesy, but they are one of the best units there are in yeah. for the mech. And they're just beautiful models. They're really cool. They look good. I took out some of the um, posts that put them in a fixed position, so I got yeah, some yeah. of their legs on. Like, found some crushable barrels that you yeah. put in hot water. Very nice. Yeah. yeah so I've got them yeah. stamping on that. I had a look at them when I got here today. Um, go check out our Instagram page. What is it again? Just Google. Or just uh, search. Uh, I think it's at the Great Rift Podcast. I think that's the one, yeah. Yeah, we'll put it all in the show notes, but I think you've put an image up of it already. Yeah, right? I, I painted the Datasmith, the Cybernetica Datasmith, which is quite... Yeah. He's quite cool. He's a bit of a beast, actually, for... He doesn't have to go with the robots now. Yeah. He used to be... That used to be one unit. Right, right, right. But now right, he's right. an elite. Oh, okay. So do they... Does he buy them as... It, add-on or are they a separate unit they're a separate well? unit as well but you you want them you want him with at least so it's the bubble wrapping thing of 8th edition and also he yeah. can change their protocols nice. so he can change them to either not move but fire twice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or not fire but fight twice cool or I think their standard protocol is they have a plus one to their save nice pretty standard so he, he's he's there to save them, and he can heal them so you can uh, yeah. each round it's I think it's d3 Nice. So on one of the robots. So. I've not had the displeasure of fighting Mechanicum of any kind yet. I've, I've only really fought Marines in 8th. I've played mm. loads of games. I'm on like 8 or 9 games now. I think it has all been Marines. Mm. I've had you on my side. Yes. When we did the Apocalypse game at Christmas. Yeah, so as he, as people might not know, I'm still only... Because I've only been really painting back for a, for a year. Yeah. Like just over a year. So I've still got quite a small force. I'm quite a slow painter, so... Um, but they're pretty. <laughs> pretty pretty mech so yeah. there'll be I've got about I've got a thousand points now yeah but I'm, I'm, I've done all that the infantry like the s- smaller point cost stuff mm-hmm. so now it's just tanks and robots and the cool, fun stuff yeah the cool stuff like that it's, it's always a struggle to get through the monotonous like oh, I have to have my troop choices and you know I, I struggle with that I always have because I just want to paint the fun stuff yeah especially <laughs> as a chaos player it's like I don't want to paint chaos based marines or cultists I want to paint fucking demons because <laughs> yeah. they look cool um, cool. Any other hobby stuff from you? Um, no, it's been a bit, just reading, trying to get through this, because this, <laughs> this book, this is a bit quicker than we thought we'd, we thought we'd Yeah, yeah, episode, so, so we, in the last episode, we did say we we're going to try and do one a month, but to kind of get the episode catalogue, I guess, you know, have some cool stuff to share, we wanted, we wanted to, like, speed through, uh, the, uh, the, the, the trilogy itself, um, so... Hopefully, we're going to do Void Stalker in the next three to four weeks. Um, I'd like to do it as quick as pass. Yeah, I mean, um, I haven't read it yet, as opposed to you. So, yeah. but I've got it. It's, uh, it's at work, and I'll <laughs> I'll bomb through it. I'm sure because yeah. I've not read it once. I think yeah. I'll bomb through it really quickly because I just want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I'll do what I did. So we found a format for you listeners that um, we realised both of us reading them and taking loads of notes isn't really the best way of doing it. So what we're trying to do is well from at least i think it worked it worked for me yeah i'm coming at it from uh what's the cool stuff that like because i've read it i don't need to know the story just what's the cool stuff that jumped out to me that like i can make those notes and i can focus on the characters and you know skim read bits that i don't care about because i've read them three or four times whereas you can come at it from an angle of what is this story about yeah yeah i've just taken cool. taken it all in basically just yeah, going yeah. through it reading it all 
what really and they obviously pick out bits that jump out to me as well but it's just yeah i'm hoping it works take a big picture yeah exactly so we we hopefully we'd like to hear feedback so please do tell us but i'm hoping that it gives us that kind of balance of here's one side looking at it from the big picture story and the other person who's going oh that bit where he threw his chain axe at a demon was really cool like do you know what i mean it's that was fucking it was fucking (laughs) i love these so much um so yeah that's your hobby um probably yeah my hobby uh so i was at warhammer world yesterday um shout out to kane for driving us up there that was awesome um we went up the night before we stayed which was cool i actually stayed in nottingham had a really nice evening out quite a few drink uh drinks uh our friend scott got quite hammered um a picture of him looked like being having an exorcism with baby (laughs) baby it's really weird so we stayed stayed in an airbnb in the middle of nottingham um right around the corner from the uh high street we were like right in the middle there was a picture and piano around the corner in a church classic it was in a church it was incredible it was actually really lovely um but yeah so scott our, our fellow space wolf bwc gamer um probably the most hammered out of all of us fell asleep just in the middle of the living room on before we even really made the bed he like pre- I mean, he was awake but he was you know not very space wolf not very are. yeah he's, he was living he was living like a space wolf to be fair like just tanking beers um, but not handling it. Not handling <laughs> it. Uh, and then randomly, because this Airbnb place was pretty great, they they randomly had loads of kids, like a cot with full of kids' toys mm. in the cupboard. And James just started like bashing Scott with them, basically, which was really funny. But anyway, that side, we uh, went to Warhammer World really early in the morning, got there before it opened, like five minutes standing outside, hordes of kids. And it was like, it's a Friday. It's half term, wasn't and it? And then we remembered it was half term. We're like, oh, we picked a really bad time to come. <laughs> it was pretty chock-a-block with kids, which is fun. Do you know what? That is good. Like, they should be there. It's fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm envious of them. I wish I was doing that. I mean, that I, if I was a kid, I'd wish I'd go there. I wish I'd go to, like, a dwarf <laughs> bar. Because yeah. um, I, I, I took my kid there once on the way up to yeah. Newcastle. made a sneaky detour to yeah, the Warhammer yeah. world. And she absolutely loved it. She grabbed, like, an orc shaman off the shelf and just held it up to the skies and ran around. <laughs> So I presume she will be painting walks when she's older. So. I'd hope so. Yeah, I'd hope Someone so. Someone needs to. Yeah. Um, so what do we do at Warhammer World? So we went up there with the intention of playing loads of games, but it actually didn't really work out that way. By the time we'd got there, you know, got a cup of tea, me and James played a game. So uh, shout out to James. He's my old housemate. I've played a million games with him, but I haven't actually played against him in over a year. So it's really nice for us to be at Warhammer World and play a game. Um, so he collects Ultramarines for 8th edition um, and they are hard as nails I don't know if anyone's beaten him yet he just I mean, no. he's always been this way when I live with him he can he, you can give him a shit list and he will get the best out of it and he will win games yeah, but he, now he's got an amazing list with <laughs> Gilliman in it and a with big old Horace, wedge of cheese Horace Gilliman yeah so he runs he doesn't like the Gilliman model that much um, although he did say last night after seeing the one painted in gold he might get it right. there was one in a display case painted yeah, cold, gold one, it's yeah. beautiful like a custodian yeah he had custode guard and it looked really rad nice. um, so he might do it like that he might do it normal I'm not sure I don't know but I think he likes the model a bit more mm-hmm. but he runs Horus from 30k he's painted him as an ultramarine, like a yeah, big blue. blue Horus. It's really funny. Everyone always walks over going, why have you got Horus? So it's not Horus, it's Gilliman. It's like, he's oh. head shaved. And yeah, it's, it's, he's just, he's feeling really emo and like, like he looks like a bit gothy. Yeah. It's going through a phase. Um, but yeah, no, me and James had a really, really good game. It was first time I've used my Iron Warriors 
with loads of new stuff, like I mentioned in the last episode. So I've added a Laz Pred and dropped some crap out of it that doesn't work. Um, added Terminators full of plasma guns and, sorry, combi plasma guns and have a Corn Berserker unit and Demon Prince, which is specifically Corn now, with loads of attacks. He's really good. Put a massive dent in James's army. So putting out there first, James still beat me. I didn't think I'd probably beat him because he's very, very good. But his death pile at the end of the game was huge. That's good to see it because Ultramines are in a. That seems to be. Well, actually, I think it's gone down a bit less now, but it used to be at, when 8th when came out, Ultramines mm-hmm. were the winners. That mm-hmm. was it. You took Gulliman, you took your Ultramarines. James has 12 command points to start with. Yes. And he can regain everyone he spends back on a 5 plus. So, so he's just churning through being able that, to do command the stratagems yeah. and stuff. It's really effective. And he's got that really annoying chaplain where if you shoot him he and you kill someone and a roll of, if they're in so many inches of the chaplain, you roll a six, he rolls a six, and then you die. You take a mortal wound. Yeah, I, I don't Which know. Which is the most annoying thing I've he ever definitely, done. Uh, that might be Cassius. Yeah, the character. it might be Cassius. Yeah. I don't know all the rules faces, but he, was, he definitely had a chaplain. I don't think he was Cassius. I think he was rolling oh, him okay. as a chaplain. But anyway, James had two boots on the ground that were blue people. <laughs> Everything else was dead. Um, all of his dreadnoughts were had wounds stripped off of them. You know, there was one. It was very annoying, actually. It's one of those moments in hindsight. Pummeled his uh, venerable dreadnought, which has las cannons and uh, missile launchers. Pummeled it in the first turn, and it survived on one wound thanks to uh, it's got like a feel, old feel no pain. Yeah, yeah. Save and. Um, it made that save to save itself. Of course it did. And then it proceeded to then blow my uh, Predator to pieces, getting a lovely six and a five on the damaged last cannon table. So it was just gone. It just wiped out in one. Um, and that, that kind of set the theme, really. He kind of survived with very little that could actually operate. And I called it at the end of turn three. We didn't even get into turn four. All I had left was some Chaos Space Marines dudes and two heavy bolters. I think that's a bit of a theme, though, in 8th edition now. It's a lot... <clears throat> I feel that a lot of games are... Because you can fight a lot mm. in the first... A lot happens in the first turn a lot more yeah. than it used to. So I think yeah, by the yeah. time you get to the third and fourth turn, you are... And it, it's scraping by. Yeah. And because yeah. everything can hurt everything, and it's a, it is it does seem to be a bit more level playing field, that th- games are, are a bit quicker, and you are... Well, that's the thing, they are a bit quicker, but like I said earlier, for some reason our game took ages, and I don't know if it's because I took a bit longer, because I, so I made myself a cheat sheet, I actually made, I, I got a little booklet that I pinched from work, tiny little notebook, it's lovely, and I just, um, I actually wrote what I should be remembering in each good phase to, of a turn, good to do, yeah. because my memory's not good enough, so I, you know, in the movement phase, remember this, at the start of the turn, remember this, those kind of things, it helped, but it obviously slowed me down. Um, and then Ultramarines, they're fuck, they're really rolling everything all the time around yeah. Gilliman. So it's just stretching those turns mm. out. By the time we got to end of turn three, it was like half one. We'd been there for like three and a half hours. Yeah. And we were both just like, done, I'm done. I, I'm not going to win this. You've got all the points. Um, but I, I learned some good things. I was a bit more aggressive with my heavy bolter squad. So I've got a Havoc squad with heavy bolters. Generally never do anything. Mm. I, send, I tend to stick them in the back line and just think, oh, they'll stop stuff if it comes close. I put them a little bit more forward. In their first round of shooting, 12 shots, they hit with 11, wounded with 10. James failed nearly all of his saves. He it wiped a combat squad immediately. I was like, oh, 
these guys are really good. Yeah. And then just like firing them at everything and they just kept killing dudes. It was amazing. They were really great. I feel like when I, any games I've played, yeah, you've got that unit where you've, you want to hang back. Mm-hmm. But I think it always pays to actually, you know, you want to be a bit aggressive with them because... Yeah, make them roll dice for yeah, wins. Like, <laughs> it worked really well. Um, because that opportunity you're saving them for yeah. probably will never happen yeah. and then they're stuck miles away from anything. So. Yeah. Um, so last thing I'll say about that game is the one thing I forgot to put in my cheat sheet and if you ever make one, remember this. Your legion rules. I forgot my Iron Warrior Legion rules, which is a, one of the best things about them. They're, they're not considered top tier, but their Legion rule is no cover saves. No one gets additional bonuses for being in cover. But I forgot that when I shot his Dread with my Laz Cannon, which would have killed it mm. because he got his save. He had some scouts with cloaks on and sniper rifles up in a tower. They kept getting um, two plus saves that he was making. They shouldn't have had that. They should have had four plus. They should have had any bonus. Yeah, yeah. Which meant they wouldn't have shot my demon prince and they stripped mortal wounds off of him with their sixes to wound. And it was just like, you know when you think, remember back on something, you go, oh, that actually changed the yeah, game exactly. significantly. Yeah, yeah. So remember your legion rules. I know Elf did it with his um, Primaris. He always forgets the Raven Guard one. He always forgets that yeah. if he's beyond 12 range, it's minus one to hit, which is huge. It's huge in a probability game, and he always forgets it. I, I with the mech, so I always forget to at the start of the phase to re redo your canticles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always forget, like halfway through the thing, I was like, "Oh, I still oh, got the shit. same old canticles." Crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that was our game. That was really good. Um, our uh, Kane, who drove us up, and our friend Elf, who is up in based up in Leeds. It's the first time I've seen him in about a year, but we've all in the same group chat. So we, it, you know, it's one of those weird things. I speak to him every day. Yeah. But it's the first time I've seen him in a year. Yeah. Um, so he had his lovely, lovely Primaris um, army out. So go check out the BWC Instagram page. We put an army shot up of every force, which just looked rad. Um, so he played Kane um, with his Death Guard. Um, I believe Kane won. It just got to a point where Elf couldn't actually physically win it anyway, so they just called it a day. Um, Scott played against some of Elf's friends, which... I met all three of them very briefly at the beginning, and I can't remember any of their names. So I hope they listen to this podcast, and I apologise for not remembering <laughs> and their names. curse you. <laughs> yeah, I apologise. You were very lovely guys. It, was really, it would have been nice to get a game. A beautiful in. army. That yeah, Nurgle army. the Nurgle army. Oh, it was so nice. That converted. Um, I'll see Kenya. if Elf has some pictures, and I'll, I'll put them up. I'll, yeah. If I can, I'll put them up on the podcast, because they're just, they deserve a little bit of a bit of a share they had like a, he had a Leviathan, a, a Nurgle Leviathan, but he'd used some demon stuff to basically fuck it up and it looked mental yeah. it looked absolutely insane um so that's cool um so those are the games then then we had lunch and we just you know did a nice proper tour of the museum thing the the, the exhibition i love that, that. Was good. it's so great i just my nerd alert just goes off in there it's incredible and the, Sig- the sigma bit man i don't i, I don't play sigma i don't collect them that at the minute i'm thinking about it yeah. but that whole section i was looking at the models like Wow, these models yeah. are really, really nice. I know, nice. it's not. So um, I'm only just getting into it. I So I didn't spend as much as I thought I might. I probably still spent more than my girlfriend would like. But um, I got myself the Nagash uh, Death Battle Tome, Legions of Nagash. Um, and I got the Maligned Portents supplement. Well, it's not supplement book, but it kind of is. It's like, it feels like it's a history Camp- book. Yeah. yeah, it feels like a campaign section, you know, like the Imperial Armour, Bad yeah, War yeah, books yeah. and stuff like that. It feels like one of those. Like, it's kind of like, here's a period of the battles in the realms of the Age of Sigmar. And it's cool. Like, I've only skimmed through it, but it's chock-a-block. And it's only 15 quid. 
and it is just absolutely rammed full of content there's just so much in there to read and that's what age of sigma has been lacking since it came out and that's why i think it's starting to ramp up for people context there's now context for things that are happening yeah when it first came out it was like put them on round bases and here's some space marines with shields and everyone's like what the fuck is going on and they didn't really explain it now they're like oh do you know what nagash is annoyed and he wants his souls back stuff like that it's cool it's really cool and there was some recent news about uh, a certain slayer appearing in this world which i thought was really nice a certain uh, Mr. Goldtrex Gunnison, is it? I oh, what's so from uh, uh, Troll Slayer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is he one of the? He's he's appearing, coming back into this new world, and he's looking oh. for his old mate Felix. That'd be lovely if they bring some of that stuff back. What I like what they've done, where they, these souls are just roaming around. Mm-hmm. People are trying to get them, so they can bring stuff back. Like Manfred von Karstein, the vampire, he's here. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't remember stuff because he's. Does I don't I I don't I don't know fully. My in, the way I've read it is I think they kind of don't remember dying. Yeah. But they don't remember anything. They've just kind of been brought back either by Sigma or by Nagash mm. or by other gods. It's really cool. Like there's there's stuff there now to get your teeth sunk into. I wasn't the biggest fantasy player, so I'm not that precious about the old stuff. I know other people that are, and they're a bit like, oh, I don't like it. But Warhammer was hemorrhaging the money. They were they were spending more a year to run it than they were making selling it, so they kind of needed something. I mean, you got to update the models, you got to update yeah. your line at some point, yeah. and it doesn't mean the rest of it's gone away. No, you, you can, can get just, all that stuff and yeah. go play it. Like uh, that's the thing; it's it still exists, it's still out there. Or go play Total War. Yeah. Scott loves that game. It's Scott good game. smashes that game out all the time. It's yeah, you know, you can still go do those things; they still exist. Hmm. So that's hobby. I think I feel like it's enough time on that. Um, so I guess we should go on to the main event. But um, should we recap where we left off? So what happened at the end of the last book? Can we remember? <sighs> so long ago, something um, happened and people died. Yeah. Well, I think it ends with finding the little girl who's the void born. Yeah. And. They'd just been boarded by the by, blood by angels, angels yeah. and they just managed to take them all out. Just. Just. Well, just. They, they took heavy losses on the crew. And, and she had died. Yes. Poor little girl. Uh, the void born. She's gone. She's dead. Um, blood angels massacred the ship. Lost some bodies. They lost people. They, they definitely lost a lot of marines. They gained a few marines from the other chap... Uh, yeah. Uh, chapter? You say chapter? Um, the no. other company. Company, yeah. Yeah, company, there's Halaskus. Yeah. Halaskus is the company captain. So if you you gain some, um, they gain some warp talons. I guess are they warp talons? I don't know if they're warp talons. I think they're just raptors. They're raptors. the raptors. They're raptors. So Halaskus was the other captain. So um, Vandred's equivalent. Yeah, Vandred's equivalent. Uh, who was also helping Abaddon, and they. For whatever reason. Oh, basically the Night Lords do what they always do. If it's a fair fight, they'll run away. Fuck off, yeah. They'll leave. And the Blood Angels jump the Black Legion and the Night Lords. And the Night Lords immediately go, get the fuck out of here. We're leaving. Baden doesn't like that. I think no. that Baden starts firing on them or wants to fire on them. He wants to fire on them, but... You know, he's a... fucking angry. Yeah, the Exalted plays a few tricks and they manage... They, they manage to jump. They So Halaskus immediately jumps. Yeah. He's like, Halaskus, just get the fuck out of here. I'll pick your guys up. We'll rendezvous later. I'll give them back. Of course he's not going to give him back. So he 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 picks up Halaskus's dude stuck on the ground, 
with his own Thunderhawks. Yes. Then he drops into orbit, is that right? Picks up the guys. But yeah, he leave. drops into orbit, picks up the Thunderhawks, they get out of orbit and then they make their jump. All the while there's blood angels on the ship, yeah. running havoc, slaughtering yeah. serfs and yeah. crew. Yeah. And, it's brutal, yeah. brutal. Like the, the the human casualties are very large. Um and that's where we leave off, is this ship just limping. They've been proper mauled. It's quite hard to explain. It's a it's a centuries old ship being held together by gaffer tape. Yes. Yeah. It's not in a good place. Um, and that, that is kind of how the next book starts, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think... There's no... I don't know if it says any time between the two events. Well, the, I did pick up one thing. We'll mention it later um, when we go do this, the narrative. But... It's pretty close. It's it's near. I think it's about five months. Okay, yeah. So that it's five months of them basically being a wreck. They're just mm. absolutely ruined. Um, which makes decisions made later when they go to Malastrom and stuff like that but um, first Clora as they have been in the previous book they're all still there um, but we have an introduction to a couple of new characters um, and I think it's important we cover these off first to give the context in the story later yes um, so the first one I'm going to do and he shout out might be my favourite character in any black library book from a pure you're not supposed to like him because he's a heretic and a bit of a mutant but Hound. Hound yeah, is amazing. Lovable little mutant <laughs> yeah. weirdo with no eyes. Yeah. So Hound is described as being... I mean, one character looks at him, doesn't even see him. He sees a, 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 a like a ball of rags, rags yeah. on the floor and then realises there's a shotgun poking out of it looking at him. Um, Hound is the... Part of like the crew that hang around the Navigator. Yeah, Octavia sort of yeah they're her attendants so yeah they're all they're all a bit weird mutated as navigators sort of things are yeah. they're all you know looking into the warp yeah. being around it close to the warp they all come a little bit weird and yeah they're wrapped in, in bandages, bandages and yeah. one character describes them as smelling sterile yeah like they're wrapped in soaked bandages that stink like of of, of cleaning fluid Chlorine, yeah. yeah it's very weird but um, yeah, the Hound is a really likable character. He's so he's the opposite of the Hound in Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> just as ugly, but really nice, small, yeah. and a little bit pathetic. But yeah, very lovable, but very noble. Yeah. So it's really weird. So bear in mind, this is a guy that is from Nostramo. You find out that he's, yeah, he's from, from he's from he's a hill folk. That he's yeah, from yeah. as a hill folk. So he's he's not from the cities. He's lived out in the hills and. They uh, someone mentioned something about like a roaming lion, like a, a yeah, lion of Nostromo. Sort of yeah. That the some of the Terminators wear on their shoulder Nostromo guard. Lion, yeah. And he talks about killing one himself, and um, one of the Night Lords looks at him and goes, "You're from Nostromo." And he goes, "Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm hill folk. I ate one." You and he's that. like, "Oh, fair enough. That's probably right." <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, "I believe you." To be fair. But he's, so the hound is described as being wrapped in bandages. He has his eyes sewn shut. He has his eyes sewn shut, which I didn't pick up on until rereading it. Why would you have your eyes sewn shut? Maybe he's got some tendencies where he can, he can see without it. He looks at the people in the face when they're mm-hmm. talking. He, he can understand what's going on. But I suddenly realised because his job is to protect a navigator... You cannot look at their third exactly, eye. Exactly, yeah. So he's obviously been picked because for some reason he can see without his eyes. Or he's just learnt that yeah, exactly. to avoid any like temptation. He just had his eyes removed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he has no eyes and they're sewn shut. So this guy isn't a pretty, you know, he's not very lovely looking. He's um, wrapped in bandages. He's got, 
I think I think she taps him on the shoulder one time and she feels something that definitely doesn't feel human. Yeah, there's a lot of augmetic, possibly augmetics, might be mutations. You don't know. Yeah. He's covered in bandages and ra- you know big rags, and I just imagine there's this like yeah, almost like a big homeless man, like you know like big layers yeah. and quite, he's hounds this guy's quite grimy, bit smelly. Carries a double barrel shotgun, which is fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just. In a world of las guns and bolt guns, just this nice. Every time there's shotgun. some like threat to Octavia, you just say, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> it's so cool." Um, but the Hound is—he's he is the comic relief a lot of the time. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like this is. lovely, lovely little nuances and bounces around with Octavia. Octavia doesn't want to be near him to start with, and as the book progresses, you know, because he's just there and he's always yes, mistress. I think yeah. pl- she plays a game with him. She's just chucking a coin, and he just goes and fetches it and brings yeah, it back. Yeah, yeah, it's really funny. He he doesn't know when she is or isn't talking to him. Yeah. So I wrote down a quote. Um, so Octavia has just seen herself in a reflection for the first time in ages. She sees it in a bit of metal wall that's really shiny, and she realizes she's gone really gaunt. She can see the blue veins in under her skin because she hasn't seen any sunlight in years. Well, probably about a year now, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, her pupils are really dilated all the time she's lost a lot of weight and she says to her I'll read out the actual passage from the book she says pretty as a picture she accused her scruffy reflection thank you mistress not you the hunched fellow seemed to muse on this for a, uh, for a moment oh like it's this kind of like he's totally oblivious to yeah, when yeah. She's ta- what, what she's talking about half the time he's He's fantastic. Um, he sort of growls at people as well when they yeah. come close to Octavia. And... Yeah, there's a moment where I can't remember if it's Syrian. Syrian might come to her quarters and he walks in. He's a little bit condescending to Octavia and realises the hound's got a shotgun trained on him. Yeah. And he turns around and says, like, you do know it's punishable by death to point a weapon at a legionnaire Astartes. And he like he just says, I'm aware. He knows. <laughs> yeah. But his job is to look after her. He doesn't care. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah, she gets really close to him. Um, there's a bit lovely towards the end where they talk about the fact that he'd lost his daughter quite young. And yeah. and she Octavia's crying and yeah. he's and she says, Did your daughter have dark hair like me? And he says, All children of Nostromo had black hair. Yeah. So it's this lovely like bonding moment where she feels affection for a mutant and a heretic. So she, I'm not saying she's falling, but it's humanising shit. Like, these people are still people. They're, you know, they might be good or bad, but they still have emotions. And yes. I loved that. Um, so Hound is a big favourite. I'd, I'd imagine he's a fan favourite as well. Like, I can't imagine many people have read that and not liked him. Yeah, I, he's just... I don't think there's, there's not a lot not to love. He's no, a great character. He's a lovely character. Um, then we've got Marek. Marek, Marek, M-A-R-U-C. Um, Marek, yeah. Marek. So we'll come up to how we find him in a moment. But as a character, uh, he's an old man. Well, not old man, but oldish. He's old. He's described as older than Septimus. Yeah, a bit older than me. Yeah. Uh, and he, he works on an orbital platform and his job is fixing conveyor belt issues or doing conveyor belt work. Um, that Tasks that are deemed too menial to bother programming a servitor for. So, you know, it's the lowest of the low job. Um, and he's on there saving money. He's there to earn money. Offer, basically. Yeah, he's saving credits. Um, but he's got he's worked out he's got seven years to go. So it's this lovely little insight into he's just working it because that's what the Imperium demands. It's boring. It's dangerous work. Um, but he does it. Um, he comes into the service of the Legion, and we'll tell you why in a bit. Um, but it turns out he's actually really handy at 
doing mechanical work. Yeah. He spent years yeah. fixing conveyor belts and you know fixing machines when they break and doing all the boring hand tool task stuff. He's quite used as quite a nice contrast to Septimus because obviously Septimus have been doing this for so long, it's all come a bit routine for him. Mm-hmm. So when he when they like fly in the Thunderhawk. And he's, he's sat like, next to him. He's I don't like, like this. Yeah. <laughs> and it gives a good contrast to how Septimus is obviously very comfortable doing it. Yeah. And loves it. <laughs> yeah. And Morik is not so comfortable doing all yeah. this stuff. And it's also, as we find as well, him and Octavia become like this moral compass that Septimus never had before. Yeah. So he did all these tasks and had no one to answer to because or it was just the legion. I'm going to do it and then forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. But now he has two people who possibly... They question him over it, why he's doing it. They don't mean they can't stop him doing it, because it's for the Legion. The Legion demands it. Yeah. I have to do it. But yeah. I guess it's just how, when you've got two people there, like when you're doing stuff, looking at you going, you're really doing this? Yeah, it you kind really of this? making Septimus think of it. So it, these two, um, him is like a good way to yeah. introduce that into Septimus. Yeah, yeah, it's a very good point, actually. Like, And you, they go on a couple of, well, they go on a very interesting uh, mission, tasked by the Legion. Yeah. Which we'll go into in a bit, which is very dark. Like, it's very, very sketchy stuff. Yeah, if you and hold Merrick it to our doesn't like it. Yeah, yeah if, you hold, if you hold it to our world morals, it's very fucking scary. Um, so, yeah, he becomes part of the crew, and his job is helping Septimus with repairing equipment and, and weapons and stuff like that. Um, so, that's that's the humans. So, now on to some of the new Legionnaire Marine characters. So, we've got... Uh, how do we say we're going to pronounce it? Lecorifus. Lecorifus. So Lecorifus is awesome. Um, I want to make a model of him, I think, eventually. Yeah, he's nice. Um, he is the leader of the Bleeding Eyes, who he was part of the um, Halaskus, uh, Hal- Hal- Scar, is it? Halanskar's company. Uh, yeah. One of the people saved. Yeah. So one, of, he's part of the gang that was saved at the end of the last book. Uh, he's the leader of the Bleeding Eyes, who are a raptor company. Um, he's got like a good 30 of them, which, you know, in games terms, that's like three full squads. That's a lot of money from Forge so, World. Yeah, that's a lot of Forge World resin. Um, and yeah, he's the captain, essentially, of that company. Um, and they're amazing. They're, they're raptors, as we know them, you know, jump pack troops, but of Chaos Taint. So they're still Night Lords, but there is a point where it says they are... Uh, they belong to their claw first, their legion second. I think there's three steps, isn't there? So yeah. they're raptors uh, first, raptors first, and then bleeding eyes, and then their night yeah. lords. So it's this weird like cult within the legion that is more loyal to its cult than it yeah. is its legion. And it hints there's more bleeding eyes as well. So I don't I would, know if the is so. just ahead of this group of bleeding Maybe. eyes, or yeah, but does so. it say he's biologically he's bleeding his i think he's actually bleeding yeah yeah i think it's painted on his on, on his, his helmet, arm, helmet. But, but i think he, he's actually bleeding his himself, eyes bleed yeah. yeah his eyes actually bleed um but the cool thing about them is if you look at some of the current chaos space marine uh raptors some of them have clawed feet and they look a bit mental mm. these guys like like Horus and all of his um raptors most of them walk around on all fours so they walk yeah. around like pre- like like bestial animals yeah, with, like cats and like, they're not yeah. just walking their claws are so sharp that they're making dents Punctures, in, yeah. they're like puncturing the metal floor they walk around in so I, I picture them in my head like you know vultures like going up the walls like yeah, hanging yeah. around like squawking like birds And there's a really good scene where he's in the exalted command on the command deck of the ship of the covenant and they're coming to a meeting and he just wanders up and sits on a control panel in front of a crew and oh, starts, starts quiz- quizzing him quizzing him yeah, like yeah, yeah. oh so what's your name 
It's like this leering vulture. Scaring him. Yeah, like he's a scaring vulture. the guy. And tells us, like, stop playing with the serfs. Yeah. He's been a loyal... He's got, what is it, something like 100 registered... No, something like 30 registered Imperial ship kills. Yeah, yeah. Leave him alone. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He's uh, like, I was just questioning. Yeah, yeah. He's like, we don't, in, we don't intimidate our crew. We leave him alone. Yeah. They've got a job to do. Um, so he's, like, slowly learning the ropes within this, uh, under the Exalted's warband, essentially. Um, again, that goes back to something I mentioned in the last episode, that they they have this weird within the exalted warband at least they have this weird respect for humans that do jobs for the legion i wonder it seems to get hammered home a lot like talos didn't need to go and say anything he could have left it like Horus wouldn't have done anything yeah yeah it felt like he was making a point like yeah. we don't do that here i feel it's um they get obedient well, it's, it's not obedience they do through fear and that's how they get it. But they don't. They want people, through their fear, to do a good job. Yeah. So it's not like you're not helping him do his job. He yeah. does say that, doesn't he? He does yeah. say he says, "Well, you're distracting him. We could get attacked." Yeah, yeah. He's responsible for making sure the guns work. So leave him alone. Um, so yeah, that's the leader of the bleeding eyes. Um, yeah. So they were recovered from the previous company. So they're part of the crew now. Um, they all have fun. like, I think, an interesting character of all of them is all like. As I say, like vultured birds, like he oh, yeah, twitches yeah. and ticks, and they, his helmet's like a beak, yeah, isn't it? So yeah. he's like every time he talks to him, he's, it says the servo joints in his neck armor like twitches and yeah. tweaks as he's talking. So it's like, Kah! yeah, yeah, like they some of them don't even use words anymore. They they click yeah. and they they squawk at each he, other. He just likes that actually. He just yeah. likes going that far. He yeah. says oh, some of his I... men have gone really far. Yeah. Like they yeah they become birds essentially. It's really weird. Like one of them always profane. Uh, after every sentence, he goes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. So weird. Like yeah. a squawk, like a bird, bird squawk. It's really weird. Um, so that's him. Um, we also meet uh, Varile. Are we saying it's Varile? Yeah. yeah. AKA the Flayer. The Flayer. So this guy is badass. This he is, a... is cold, cool as a cucumber, really, isn't he? If I had to have one model, if, if, I, if Forgewell gave me, they were like, we'll make you one model out of the entire trilogy. Who do you want? I want him. He just is so fucking scary. Like he's, he's got such really, a weirdo. Yeah, he's got really blue, pale blue eyes. When he says that, he says, "I don't know whether it's my character or my eyes that like, give fear in humans, and but the, yeah. I'm more scary without my helmet off, apparently." Yeah. So. Uh, but I'm never, I've never been bothered to ask anyone. Yeah. So he, he, does, he doesn't care. No, he did, he just doesn't care. So we meet Varile uh, as um, we'll go into it, but as uh, First Claw and the gang get to where he lives, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It turns out he's a member of the Red Corsairs, um, and he's the second in command of the Apothecary. Yeah. He's... So he's not in charge, he's just the right-hand man. Turns out he knows First Claw, he's met them before. A hint of some, yeah. Some kind of debt from Varile, he owes a debt to Talos, yeah. whatever that might be. Um, Which I quite like, there's always this little backstory that could yeah. be something, could be nothing. Exactly. Yeah, they never feel the need, Aaron never feels the need to tell all those stories sometimes just being alluded to is enough to go oh that's cool so they've met Varile likes First Claw he likes the Night Lords he thinks they're I think it's because he's quite he has cruel no, yeah he's cruel and he has no no love for chaos and the yeah. and the gods so they make a very big point of that in we'll get when we tell the story of how like he sees some of his fellow Red Corsairs mm. And they've got, you know, the pan the star of the Pantheon carved into their faces and he just finds it peculiar. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know why you would do that. That's really weird. Um, so Varao is an apothecary of a very 
kind of vicious and cruel ilk. It's not like you do with um, who's the children, Emperor's children. Um, Fabius Bile? Yeah, he's not like Fabius Bile where it's like trying to be a god and trying to like, you know, create new things. Varial likes what he does. He talks about him zoning in on his work to the point of he doesn't know what's going on around him. Yeah, yeah. He enjoys what he does, but he's cruel. It's like a dead man like reaches out to him in a, from a table and he always says it, don't touch me. Yeah. Stop touching me. He's like resisting the urge to cut their hand off as punishment. So the, I think we get introduced when he's trying to um, save a Corsair and he's like, the guy's pleading to him. He's like, save me, Flair. You know, yeah. I'll give you this. And he just like gets his little gauntlet and just puts a bolt into his head and he's like well you would die anyway yeah you're gonna die stop touching me yeah <laughs> it's really weird um so that's virile uh he's pretty awesome so yeah he's known as the flayer he likes to flay skin he wears a cloak a lot of the times made of skin like all those kind of things he's so very night he is very night lord is. very night lords he's got spikes on his shoulder pad that he cut puts people's faces on for fun and he's just a bit gross um but he's a member of the red corsairs um then you've got reuven who in my notes, I have put, we did meet him briefly before. Yes, we did. Where he was the guy who was who was an ex-Night Lord, joined the Black Legion. Yeah. And he was the one that was meant to, he put Talos under that, well, yeah. he kept helped keep Talos under that sort of spell Abaddon poisoned him with yeah. so that he could meet the gods. And... Yeah, basically Abaddon wanted Talos to join him. So he's um, a sorcerer, isn't he? Reuven had obviously promised he'd make that happen and... Yeah, we find out that Reuven has been banished by Abaddon, which I think is crazy. Abaddon, in my head, just kill him. If you don't want someone in your team anymore, yeah. get rid. It is interesting. Um, so Reuven has been banished by um, Abaddon, and he's now hiding out with the Red Corsairs. And we find out that he's not been taken to too well there either. <laughs> Bearing in mind, it's only been like five months since everything went down. He's obviously not been there that long. And it turns out that he's meant to be there helping them learn powers and learn how to talk, you know, communicate with demons or whatever it is. Then he gets chained up because he made mistakes. Yeah. Some guys so died. Can, yeah. So I think it says he goes from the Black Legion, the biggest chaos um, group, to the where he's like, well, obviously I'll go to the Red Corsairs because they're the second biggest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's there to help the, the, the Librarius. They still call it the Librarius, I noticed. The, yeah, the yeah. Sorcerers, essentially help Huron's sorcerers learn how to deal with bigger and badder demons. And in the process of doing it, quite a few of them died. And he's obviously not happy about that, so he has him locked up. The way he locks him up is brutal. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the scene. It yeah. made me feel quite sick. Yeah, it's pretty gross. So that's Reuven. Reuven's really important. So he's a, he's a sorcerer. He's ex-Night Lords. Talos hates him. The Exalted hates him. Everyone doesn't want anything to do with him. But he's still a Night Lord. He's important. Um, and then on to the titular character. The Blood, the Blood Reaver, Reaver himself, yeah. Yeah, the Tyrant of Badab, uh, also known as the Blood Reaver, the Black Heart. So he was, uh, that's, I don't know how you ever pronounce this, Luft, L-U-F-G-T, yeah, I think it's a German Luft, word. Yeah. Luft Huron, which he, basically he is the leader of the Red Corsairs. Um, they yeah. don't give you too much background in the book about him, but... I would recommend anyone listening to go and read about him. He's kind of amazing. He was the. He's got a model as well, hasn't he? He's got two. He's got two. He's got, two. He's got Forge World one um, of him as the uh, chapter master of the uh, Astral Claws. Yes. So I've not read the actual book, but I've spent many, many an hour on the internet reading about stuff like this. And the Badab War was like a bit of a trailblazer for Forge World. Yeah, it's a really cool war actually because it introduces quite a few. Um, Cha- unknown chapters that yeah. we never really I think it introduces the 
as the Astral Claws, the Mantis Warriors. Uh, space Sharks or Caracadons? Carcaradons? Car- yeah, Carcaradons. That's Jamie sinking into oh. beer number two. Three? Two. Two. Um, so yeah, uh, Huron, a, a quick one minute overview. Huron was um, the in charge of the Astral Claws and their charge was to protect the Imperium border on the Melostrom, which is like, I think it's like the second biggest at the time of writing. Um, yeah, as opposed to the... Like, um, so you've got the eye, eye which is yeah. massive. It was another version of that, um, which would often get assaults coming out of. And he was in charge of not only his chapter, but other chapters. Yeah. I think they were called the Maelstrom Wardens. So there's lots of chapters who are responsible for doing all the things Space Marines do, but their primary responsibility as all those chapters was to protect the Maelstrom. And he was in charge of that. Yes. So he was kind of like big deal. Like he was responsible for looking after many, many, many chapters activities. Time goes on. He gets more and more resentful as they tend to when they've got power and they're getting corrupted. And he succeeds from the Imperium. He doesn't want anything to do with them anymore. He starts hoarding all of his gene seed, hoarding all of his supplies, not giving any of it to the Imperium. And that goes on for a long time. Bear in mind, people have this misconception that if something goes wrong on, in the Imperium, you can drop someone an email and it'll be <laughs> dealt with the next day. Yeah. Communication is near impossible. Everyone operates on their own. It's decrepit. Nothing works. So he had a long time to build up an empire. Which is what he has. Yes, yeah. In in the in the stuff on the internet and in the books, it talks about him having a legion of astral claws that's seven thousand men strong. A chapter's only supposed to have a thousand men, so it is absolutely monstrous. Like how big he's basically got seven chapters of astral claws, mm. which is just beyond every scope of size for a space wing chapter. Um, as well as convincing loads of other chapters to join him, and it turns into a huge civil war. Loads of people die, and. I think, if I'm ever reading correctly, him and 200 Astral Claws escape after justice comes <clears throat> from everyone else. Yeah, I think, I think Lamenters, is this where the Lamenters choose the wrong side? I and think they... the Lamenters were part of his side, yeah, I think. Yeah, and they regret that. and then. Yeah, so a lot of the sides that were drawn into it by him, it turns out, were forgiven by the Imperium. Mm-hmm. So it turns out none of them knew he was part of Chaos. It was They get sent on penitence, crusades, yes, like, right, yeah. there's a high fleet coming go and kill yourselves on the altar of forgiveness. <laughs> so they all get sent to deal with that. But Huron, it, one of the most interesting things about him, he nearly dies in that final fight. He gets cut in half with the melter gun. Yeah, yeah. so literally half his body is melted. Yeah, yeah it, it's... Uh, like literally absolutely ruined. He shouldn't be alive. Um, but through pure anger and yeah, hatred, hatred yeah. he's rebuilt. And one of the people that rebuilds him is Varile. He's part of that gang. He is one of the oldest Red Corsairs yeah. there. Um, and his boss, I can't remember the guy, guy's name now, the head of the apothecary. Yeah, I, don't, I can't remember now. He's, he's not really in it. Nah, he's not in it much, but they're tasked with not only being apothecarians and looking after the well-being of the health of the Chaos Traitors, um, they're responsible for looking after him. Like, So they go to him and regularly yeah, so like, sort him out. So well, how he looks is literally, he's got like a bit of a face, like literally hardly any neck. It's all like pistons and yeah. cylinders with like bits. I just imagine like a few tendons. Yeah, like stringy, string. stringy He's muscles. got like all metal teeth. He's got like grills. Yeah. Um, he's... Uh, one one arm is completely metal. He's got his other hand has got the claw, like the big yeah. claw in. He's like that. But they say, they go and work on him because the pain, like yeah. as, as, even as an astral he's in constant pain. So they literally open his head and operate on his 
brain to burn the nerve synapses. Yeah, so it doesn't feel pain. Yeah, and there's a really nice scene where he's like saying slurring words, and then he goes, they really touch it, and he twitches, and I guess, oh, that's better. And then yeah. talks a bit normal. Yeah, yeah, So he is held together by pure fucking hatred. Yeah. He's so bitter about the Imperium. Um, but he is a charismatic leader. Like I, I like reading him. I really I'd like, like to go and find yeah. more and read about him. Like he was great. He, I find um, I liked him more in these books anyway, more than Abaddon. Abaddon's got this, I'm the best, and he's got this full like kind of his this hatred. He's got charisma, but he's not got he's yeah, not that charismatic. But yeah. this guy is like, he has a joke. He yeah, has a little of a laugh. Talos slaps him down a bit for yeah. being thin blooded, and you know I you know you're not I, a legion. Yeah, you're, you're just not a chapter. You're, yeah, you're just, you're just a bunch of. You know, you're not who we are. Yeah. And in front of, in his hall where he takes people in to talk to them, he really fucking slams them down. Hiran laughs it off, he finds it hilarious. Yeah. He's like, all right, whatever. Um, he, but even Talos does like him. So yeah. Like, yeah. He finds him annoyingly likable. Because he says, he, he says that as well, because he knows this guy has got a mass, the biggest fleet, probably outside, maybe even bigger than the Black Legion's fleet. Possibly. He and owns, they steal everything. Yeah, he's got, there's so many worlds under his control. He's a big deal in chaos. He's yeah. after Abaddon. He is yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he could fight Abaddon on level terms. Yeah, but they're, they're like pirates. They were yeah. a bit like pirates and stuff. And um, he Tal says it because I know he with a guy like that to get to that position, you can't be get angry over petty things. Mm-hmm. He's always thinking of. He knows that he thinks of a bigger picture. Yeah, which I quite like. I like that. I like that. Where you're just above pettiness you're just above yeah. it it's, you just deal with yeah, it yeah you can take the piss out of me but I'm sat on this throne and I have a fleet <laughs> fleet so <laughs> good joke to me. but yeah you can't, yeah exactly yeah. Um, and that's it I've I didn't make note of any other characters that were that important outside of this there was I think very we'll minor. cover the minor characters as we go yeah. through the story um, but yeah that, that's it really that's the new cast um, and obviously we still have everyone that exists already like I said if you want to know who they are and for some reason you're listening to this one and you haven't listened to the previous episode do so um, I think that's it for part A. Um, we'll have a quick break, eat some food, and jump into part B. Yes, enjoy, enjoy, enjoy some, some metal. Bye.
So it opens on like a <clears> really <throat> cool little prologue bit, which yeah. just really off the bat is like sets the scene. I feel. Yeah. I think it starts off with Talos looking at his helmet. Mm. It's got a cracked lens, and he goes. He's trying to in himself dismiss that the reflect the damage reflection in his helmet is of his legion, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. really nice because he's like yeah. looking at this messed up helmet, beaten, mm. cracked lens, and going, "This isn't like us." Yeah, yeah, please. This is. I'm trying to like trying to convince himself. Yeah, yeah. This doesn't represent. I'm okay. Yeah, We're okay. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. So. What was he actually doing there? What's that program? Yeah, so about? they go to because this is metal as fuck. Yeah, so they at this point they've just laid waste to a Marines errant's outpost. Yeah, yeah. Which to their disappointment, they're looking for resources, looking for bits, looking for ammunition, yada yada. Yeah. And at this point, the outpost has got nothing. Yeah. Because the Marines errants themselves have been dragged out to different crusades, which we find out later mm. why this has happened. Yeah. But. They're very disappointed, mm-hmm. and they want to know where they're getting their shit from. Yeah. So, he—I think it's just mentioned. He goes, "He's breaking." Yeah. And that was goes, it. It's, it's uh, Soul Hunter. The angel is breaking. Yeah. And he replies with, "Glorious." And then we find out. Late, we find out in a bit second that it's a marine errant crucified yeah. to a rhino by the gladiuses. So they've shoved their gladiuses, which I don't think we mentioned in the previous episode. I, I realized listening back to it. All of the first claw carry gladi. Yeah, yeah. They all have one. I think they keep them on their shins. Yeah, all like in like a. So yeah, like a, I, so I Septimus think, mirrors it. Yeah. So I think one of them goes, "Are oh, you mirror the, the legion with your machete in your leg on your on your shin, on your pad, shin yeah. pad?" Yeah. So yeah, so they've pinned a dude to the rhino, and what do they want to know? They want to know where. <laughs> they want to know um, where they're getting their shit from, basically. Yeah, Who's where, making their stuff? Where's it all coming from? Where are your supplies from? Now to give the concept, you know, marines are these stoic unbreaking you know vow keeping guys they've tortured him to the point that they've broken him yeah he's not just crucified he's also had his skin of his face removed so he's I imagine they've gone further than that yeah I I, I imagine they kept it I I imagine ADB kept it quite safe to read because they've driven him basically insane yeah and And what do you have to do to Marine to make him go crazy like and it just reminded me of this scene I remember reading about from World War One about this propaganda that was put of um, a Canadian soldier was found crucified on a barn door, mm-hmm. and I don't there was there's been documentaries about whether it was true not true, yeah. but it just had that same image of in war mm. you never like very, you know modern war or I guess at the point World War One was modern war or mm. uh, like just to go to this level of barbarism where you're crucifying a person. An for enemy information. for information yeah. or yeah. sport, basically. It just that reminded me of that scene. It was just, it really like sort of hits home. So, I mean, it's a great way to start a book. Yeah. So that's just the prologue. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, there, there's there's two things I pulled out of the prologue which I just wanted to quickly jump on. Um, so they're interrogating him for information. They're asking him where is Ganges. I think that's how it's pronounced. Yeah, I think so. At the end, he goes. He goes, he breaks, and he says the word, one word, Ganges. Ganges. So Ganges is what we will tell you about in a minute. But there's there's one quote from the Exalted. So you'll remember the Exalted from the last episode. He's it's his war band. He's a demon-possessed demon from yeah. their previous captain. But um, to point out how I think it's important we make note of First Claw and the Tenth Company are on their last legs. Their ship has not recovered yes. from the last book. They've run low on supplies, and... The Exalted says, we have hurled our last spears to conquer a husk. 
So they have just used up the last of their stuff yes. to, to get to this point. They are now fucked, essentially. Yeah, so I think they see this... When they say... Here, they think they find Gandhi's name in the files and they interrogate him and they go... To them, Gandhi represent, represents them a chance to breathe. Yeah. Like, they're literally... At this point, they can't even breathe because they're just so fucked. They're so fucked. Um, and I just want to wrap it up with the very last bit of the book, uh, uh, of the prologue, sorry, which is, uh, it doesn't say who, it says, Soul Hunter, stop calling me that. Sorry. Uzus is eating the Aaron's gene seed. If you wish to execute him, you probably should now. And it's just like, vengeance, even petty, petty. is tempting. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it turns out that the guy that they skinned and interrogated and pinned up on the rhino was the guy that cracked Talos' helmet. helmet yeah. So Talos is just like, oh, it's quite tempting. He did fuck my helmet. It's like, you've just skinned the guy and made him go insane. And then he's just eating his gene seed while the guy still lives. Yeah. He's so, not dead. So, and he... so he is in the corner frothing at the mouth eating ah. a guy's gene seed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, and that's the, the like four or five page introduction to the new story, which yeah. is crazy. Um... So then the next bit is we sort of jump to... There's a bit about Octavia and this is where we meet the hounds and the, I think you said it in the... Yep. Talked about the characters where it's like, yes, mistress. And he's yeah, yeah. looks at like a reflection. Um, and then we jump to... Oh, there's a bit that happens there when 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 they're looking at the reflection. Oh, yeah. So Octavia starts seeing... A ghost. A ghost. Well, yeah. She's, she's very unsure to begin with. She keeps yeah. hearing a girl's voice. Yeah. And we later, and she, uh, she believes it's the, um, the Voidborn. Yeah. But she goes, she's dead. Yeah, and she's saying like chant like t- sort of taunting her with mm-hmm. saying the Nostrum in words which she doesn't understand and yeah. fleeting through the um, yeah corridors. like pitter patter of kids' yeah. feet running around and stuff. So it's getting this sort of haunted aspect to the ship. Which um, is- and we find out in passing that Septimus has been off ship for two months, and yes. we don't know why. It just yeah. says like oh, he's been gone for two months. Yeah. So a bit of time framing there, you know, just to see how close it potentially is to the story. So it's it's, it's attack on the. So later we find out. Then we then we jump to the Ganges, and this is where we meet uh, Morik. Yeah, Morik, who we mentioned earlier. There's a nice little bit where he sort of comes in from his shift and sits on the sofa and tries to turn on the telly with a remote. It feels like real life. Yeah, and he doesn't have any batteries in it, and he's like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Yeah, jam some batteries, and he turns on. It's just news and standard yeah. Imperium broadcasting. And, and then like, what happens the lights flicker on and off and then they go out. Oh yeah, they go out and then suddenly this scream, ear piercing scream comes out of all the Vox speakers across all the, the tellies, everything, they're yeah. all screaming. Um literally the way he cannot he has to be on his hands and knees. Yeah. Ears hands over his ears just like what I find interesting is they delayed telling you the screen bit a little bit. They start with telling you the lights have gone out. Mm. So Aaron's written it really well. Like the lights go out and he's just like, oh fuck, not again. And I wrote down in my notes that there's a good insight here into the Imperium. It says, um, last time the power went out, it lasted for three Terran days. Yeah. But production never stopped. Um, they worked by torchlight. Dozens of limbs, fingers, and lives yeah. were lost to keep up with the quota required. It just shows you an aspect of the Imperium mechanic. doesn't give it yeah, shit. Yeah, the mechanic are like, yeah. I don't care if your lights have gone out, I need to meet quotas, and you yeah. need to meet the quotas. Yeah, you know, these Marines need bullets. You know, we need to keep spy chain going. Um, so yeah, that's piercing screen. I don't even think it's Marines need bullets. I think the camera don't even. It's just don't admin. Care about that. It's just yeah. admin. It's I pointless have, admin. Yeah, I put a criteria on something, and you will meet it. Yeah, it's fucking mad. Um, but we uh, they, we do find out that the Covenant of Blood is ghosting. Is it called ghosting, yeah, so or then, what do they call it? Hunting or something like that. Yeah, it's, so it's just it's un, under no power. I mean, like in space, you know, you 
go one direction continuous like there's no frictions you just drift forever, forever. in one direction so they've switched off all their power yeah. so they're completely undetectable in any way whatsoever but we need to find out why they switched off yeah. their power yeah so after we've met Mirik and he's and the screaming's happened it cuts to I think it's it cuts to like a it's like an officer's deck or something yeah so it's a command deck of the Ganges station so yeah. it's massive industrial station and so what is Ganges station is it's an orbital platform right it does yeah. it like circle a planet yeah it does which I think the planet is where the raw material comes from I believe it's just a planet of ore and minerals yeah, and, and shit you need it's like a, a platform owned by Mechanicum and they're producing so they use it shit. to make whatever they need to do yeah. they do it on the orbital platform right okay that's what, that's what I believe in. Yeah, and then yeah. so we cut to the command deck of where you know where everything's run, all the lights, and the captain is getting really frustrated. You know, the, the what's this pitch. alarm? Why yeah, is the power gone out? Yeah. And then suddenly, I think. Oh, they, someone works out how to switch the guns on because they see a ship coming. Yeah, so they can. Well, I think they got still got power. To, so the power's taken off to all like the secondary stuff, so the lights and things like that. But the power there's still power to the systems. Yeah. But they cannot vox the people on the gun deck yeah. because the scream is blocking out all the Vox. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, do you want to run down there and tell them? And Yeah, and then you realise it's a big place. It's yeah. going to take forever. And they see a ship just slowly ghosting and, towards yeah, them. Yeah, they're like, it's an Astrati's vessel. Why do the Marines around here? And they're like, is that the Marines, Aaron? Yeah. Oh my God, we need to fire on them. Um, like, do you want to fire on Astrati's? Like, yeah. yeah, they're all a bit like... Well, the, But then the woman takes charge. She goes, there's a really cool character. She just goes, it's not hailing us. We're clearly yeah. being you fucked to, with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Open fire on yeah. it immediately. You tell the Mechanicum that we didn't fire, fire yeah. on this ship attacking their thing. Um, but they can't work out how to fire, right? Because mm. the gun, the, you know, the Vox is down, the powers are all going a bit funny. She works out she can bypass the system by telling them to run a live fire drill. Yes, yeah. So they're at least hitting it. Um, and the second she comes up with that idea, we learn about a character who's new to the deck. Yeah, this, they introduce this guy. He's always been like arguing with them. But he seems quite clever, but he's always been like, "Why are you doing this? Why yeah. are you doing?" And then that? they drop the little seed that he joined two months ago. Yeah, and you're like, "Oh, I know who that is." And as soon as she comes out of idea, you hear him say something like, "It would have been a good idea." Yeah, bang! <laughs> and he literally just murders four people on the. He deck. shoots her straight between the eyes with yeah. a las gun or a las pistol, <clears throat> which is. It's a bit of jarring, like introduction to Septimus, because in the other book he's never he does. He, I mean, he, he works for the Legion, but he never does. You never see him do things like that, where he just coolly murders a group of officers. I mean, he defends himself in the first book from yeah. prisoners, but this is like him murdering. Yeah, he shoots her in the eyes, in between the eyes, because she works out how to switch, how to fire on the ship. Yeah, and it says I think there's four of them. I think yeah, he basically yeah. clears four people. The second guy sitting down reaches for his holstered yeah, pistol. And he just, and Septimus blows him away through the chest and the other two just stand there in panic and he just executes yeah. them like that is brutal um, and doesn't the Vox crack or something like that yeah um, yeah he get, then he gets back onto the um, uh, he gets back onto the like the computer desk and you think he's sort of maybe did he I think he locks everything down down yeah yeah he locks the entire uh, Ganges system down and then just says like uh, the the sister uh, the platform's yours my lord yeah, yeah and then yeah then all hell breaks fucking loose so then we, I think it jumps to then suddenly Morik again, and this is like seventy nine hours after they've been attacked, attacked. Yeah. and he's hiding in a vent shaft, pissing himself to keep because the heating's all being cut off. It's cold in space. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like he's pissed himself to keep him warm, and he's I, with two other guys, and it's this really nice bit where it's sort of it's a bit like a 
diehard-esque, like crawling through vents trying I to got, survive. I, in my head, I got um, scenes from Aliens. In yeah, it's very like that. Like, do you remember that when like Vasquez is like going down the, um, it's the, the, the air duct shaft and it's red light? I imagined it like that in my head. Yeah, yeah. Like big enough for a human to get through, but like industrial and gross and scary and cold and... Yeah, and, he, and there's a bit where his guy says, well, we go left. And then the guy's like, no, you don't go left. And he like, like, the other two look at each other like, this guy's cracking. Yeah, they can see he's losing his mind. It's been 79 hours yeah, yeah, yeah. of... No sleep, crawling through cold vent shafts, as they say, pissing himself to keep warm. And only one of their group has ever seen what's happened. Yeah. And they just call them the killers. <laughs> like, the band. Yeah. <laughs> just the, the band, the killers are there just... Like strutting around. <laughs> <laughs> it's killing me. Yeah, just losing their shit. Um, so they don't really know what's going on. They just know that it involves lots of dying and lots of screaming. So obviously they don't want anything to do with it. So they, yeah. So then this bit where they go to the canteen and like he walks in and there's like frozen blood because it's so cold. And then he looks at one of the bodies and it's been skinned and he's yeah. like, shit, shit, shit. And, and there's he, just bodies everywhere. Yeah. They're just everywhere. Then yeah. he goes and hides, goes into like a cool locker and then he suddenly just hears like a noise. And there's yeah. two guys who are like keeping lookout. He just sees one of the Legion. I think it's it ends up being Talos. Yeah. Just grabbing in. He just got one guy by the neck and he starts screaming as he just breaks his neck. And yeah, he's got the other I, guy by the hair and he's just like dragging him. Yeah. How does he how does he kill him? Does he gut him? Or does he just put his knife in him? Does he just break their neck? I think he just it either breaks their necks or he just chucks one like against the wall. Yeah, which is gonna hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah, and then he offers him a well, he cap- yeah, and he Mark makes a noise and he captures him, yeah. and then he just sort of picks him up and he goes, and he just sort of questions him and he goes, like, don't don't scream, and then he gives him this little speech that he tells him about how he you know he pleads for his life and he goes, yeah, you should plead for your life. I built this Imperium you live in. I was one of the original legion. And it's right, yeah. a really nice bit that Talos still has this connection to uh, the old Empire. Like, I'm a heretic, but. Whatever Imperium you live in, I built. Yeah, and they, he does say something on the lines of like the, he calls them like the fallen, uh, the, the traitors, or so. He, there's a, a name he calls him and says like, but you're not real. You're yeah, like a yeah. myth. Yeah, you're a myth. And he's like, yeah, it's like I'm you're not a myth. myth. You're not real. And he's like, I'm very much real. Yeah, I built the world you live in. Yeah, and and he even I think he even tells him that this is um, that they were portrayed by the emperor. Yeah, I'm a heretic, but. You, you know this myth you talk about of the past ages. You ain't no, you weren't there. We were betrayed. Yeah, I'm, I'm classed as a heretic. But you know, do you want to? You've got to work. You know, what can you do? You work for us. Yeah. Um, and then that's. I think that's the end of that chapter, isn't it? Yeah. It, it ends with him saying like, "You've got a choice. Yeah. Um, join us, or I'll kill you." Essentially. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Well, not. It's not even join us. It's just like, don't scream. Yeah. 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 Get chucked on the boat, or I'll kill you. Um, and then it cuts. If so I'm... there's a bit. And then there's a bit after that where Talos is. This is I think after this has happened, and they come into. I think they've had it for a few weeks, and they're getting all the, all the resources. They're raiding out of, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. And Talos is like just occasionally he listens to the Vox, and he just hears screams and rattles as they hunt. All the claws are just running, running around across the whole just, thing. Yeah. He just. There's a nice bit. Where he just goes. He's listening to his brother, and he goes, "That's the sound of our legion's death rattle as they hunt." <laughs> so <laughs> grim. Yeah, I think it's a sort of Talos. So grim. Like. Looking down, it. it's accepted, but he looks a bit down on the rest of his legion of what yeah. they've become. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just he like, does. this is what we are, raiding a station. It's a supply run. Yeah. That's what he calls it. He calls it a supply run. He's like, this is just a supply run, and we're losing our minds over killing a bunch of like, yeah, people humans, that were just doing yeah. their jobs. Like, 
Um, but it's full of, I noted that it's full of precious ores, plasma and stuff. So they're like siphoning everything they yeah, can yeah, off of filling it. their fuel tanks. They just need stuff. They've run out of everything. Um, and they, raw materials, yeah. Yeah, it's raw materials. as And the most important raw material of the Imperium, people. You know, yeah. they have it in an abundance and they, you know, they've killed a lot, but they've taken a lot of them as well. Um, they, they, I think it's hundreds. They, they just fill their slave holds out with all these people they've captured, um, which is pretty cool. Um, and then this is when we get to a bit like a really, like a off chapter that comes in suddenly a first person point of view. And it's, it's never mentioned, I don't, or not until the very end, but it's Yazaz mm-hmm. hunting. And it's talking about a really nice bit where he says, he goes blood the word was like a splash of acid across his thoughts yeah and this is the bit can obviously can into him being almost a corn berserker yeah and it's just the word blood wanting skulls blood and he's in pain constant pain and any way to subdue it is to kill yeah he feels better when he's stabbing things to death yeah so he's not like worshipping the god but he is in constant pain and any way he can subdue that is by killing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it goes through like I feel like when I was reading it it was a bit like a doom where he's like running you know your first person running yeah, through yeah. the corridors and he's like slaughtering people and then suddenly you realise that he's on like, the covenant of blood yeah so it's it's very well done because it kind of implies that he's on the platform or at least yeah, the person yeah. doing it is on the platform then you realise he sues us and you kind of got inklings in the last book that he's done that before yeah and they don't like it when he does that um, because like I mentioned earlier the Night Lords do have uh, an ounce of respect for the crew that work on their ships. So they don't want their crew to live in fear of dying for no reason. It should be as judgment for punishment. Yes. You know, mindless slaughter, you're going to get an uprising. Mm. Um, they need their crew to run their ship. Um, I really liked that. Um, but what I really liked in this bit, and it's fantastic to read, he's running around and he's like, slaying these imperial heroes these men that are like charging him down to like fire las guns or whatever at him and it's uh, and then he keeps just hearing his name yeah talos uh, uh, um, like, and then and then it's always in italics mm. so it gives you that indication that it's outside of his mind always yeah, yeah. And it's like i swear to god if he's done this again yeah and yeah then you're like what the fuck's going on and then it's like oh he's yeah. killing yeah and he goes the the, he keeps saying oh the prophet the prophet keeps calling like, yeah. he's always like oh, why is he saying this why am I I'm just doing my job and yeah he's, and he's like oh shit and it, it cuts to him going I think uh, he's about to butcher two people that are cowering in a corner and then like the, the backdrop around him changes and yeah. as he as he swings his axe, a sword catches it. it. Yeah, and just like fucking gets, and then Talos yeah. just punches him in the head Talos again. Talos just punches him, <laughs> knocks him out cold. And I think as he gets punched the first time, he's like, Talos, I'm so sorry, I didn't realise. Yeah. Bang, bang, <laughs> bang. Just stop doing this. That is fucking brutal. Um, so yeah, poor, so he's just made things worse again. Yeah. They're on they're on their back leg already and they're losing crew to their own people. Yeah. This, this whole book actually, I think, brings Yazaz's character to like a really... It, really explores him and this rounds him out. Does. There's this a lot of really does. nice scenes. Yeah. 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 Um, so then the next bit, the next major bit in the story is basically they're arguing of what do they do with him. So they've got him chained down on a table. Yeah. And he's conscious at this point, but he's not fighting to get out. I'm sure a Marine could get out of a chain if he wanted. I mean, he's, he's surrounded, just lying. Yeah, he's surrounded by the rest of First, first claw. He's... So I think Talos doesn't know what to do with him. Weirdly enough... Um, uh, what, what, what's the heavy bolts guy's name? Makushian, yeah. He, he's very vocal about we should just kill him. Yeah, I think they all actually start to agree. I mean, Zal, of course, we have to kill him. 
it's worth noting as well. So they're all saying, just kill him. We need to get rid of him. Um, and we find out that he'd killed 15 crew members, a yeah. load of slaves, and more importantly, the leader of another claw. Um, yeah. Torzal. Yeah. The leader of Third Claw, the Third Branded. Claw, which were a group that they picked up in the first book. So they're not yeah. originally of the Exalted Warband. So, yeah. But then they're a big claw as well. There's yeah. like nine or ten of them. Whereas, you know, First Claw's four, four or five. five yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they're a big old group. Um, and they've just lost their leader. Um, yeah, there's a really, but there's also a little... In this bit as well, when they're arguing, do we kill him, do we not kill him, and the stuff. There's a really nice bit where... Mercutian's arguing with Zal, and he has, and it says Mercutian's accent was clipped and regal, while Zal's swam in the gutter, arguing what to do. Yeah, I love that. Like, internal bickerings. Internal bickerings, and it goes back to the Nostromo roots of. Um, we find out Mercutian is a, as you said before, he's a son of a um, sort of a gang leader. Well, he's even it was, uh, called, they call him like outer outer city, outer rim, outer rim, outer city, city gangers. gangers. Like they're like the. The aristocracy they're like the uh, mafia sort of yeah they do i mean they're still illegal activities killing people but they do it you know wearing a suit mm. whereas though as we know with talos he lives in the slum yeah so it's just then to they're both assholes but they're just totally different um areas they come from yeah um we're gonna take a quick break and we'll come back for part three and we're back. Um, so part three, we're going to carry on with the story. Um, so where we left it was with First Claw deciding what to do with Uzaz. Yeah. So I think anyway, so we, there's a bit of inter-politics and it jumps to um, Fourth Claw. Really. Yeah, deciding what, what to, to do. do. Yeah. And there's this whole bit where they're choosing a new leader. Yeah. And it goes into a bit of a background about sort of their how they do this and that they challenge each other to um hand to hand combat. Yeah. And there's a character I can't remember his name now. Uh Dalcaris. Dalcaris, yeah. And there's he there's three of them that basically want to go up for leader. Yeah. And there's a there's one guy who everybody fucking despises, but he is the best hand to hand combat. And he steps up and says, I'm now in charge. That's how that goes. And I think another guy steps up and goes, mm, I'm gonna be in charge. Yeah. And then Dalcaris goes None of you should be in charge. Yeah. Doesn't one guy say, You're not going to win this fight? He says, I'm not going to fight. I'm going to let you fight. And You'll I'll, die. Yeah. But he'll be knackered and I'll kill him. So, so, yeah. And then they have this whole fight. And the two guys, that's not Dalcarath, um, they have a hand to hand combat with Chain Blaze. And the guy yeah. gets butchered. And he kills him pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, literally. Like, like he cuts his head off in like a couple of swings. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. And he takes him down. And then <laughs> Dalcarath then just points his plasma pistol at, his, at the other guy's head and everyone everyone just like steps back like, oh, what are you doing? This is, like, this is not how we do yeah, this Yeah, he meant his blades only. Yeah, and he, goes, and he goes on this really nice speech about how this guy, do you really want him to lead us? Because he is fucking insane. He will lead us yeah. to like absolute ruin. Yeah. And then it's a really nice bit where everyone like sort of votes in Dalcaras' helmet. It's like that like Iron Man... Uh, internal helmet thing yeah. where you can see things and, and everyone goes like agrees like he gets seals of approval from yeah. all of them and then, but he can't his own sort of honour he can't just pull the trigger so I think the other guy hears all them voting and he gets like fucking mad and then he charges to him, run it yeah and then just blows his head and off. it's a fully charged plasma pistol and doesn't it just blow dust over yeah, yeah. it's that charge that and then they all vaporise and then everyone all the rest of the claw see it as a sort of like a statement like they can't even 
take his armor. Yeah, yeah. There's like nothing left. They're like, oh, we can't scavenge any of his stuff. Yeah, it's I like, believe oh, you did what that. a statement you've made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and why did he want to be in charge? What was he trying to yeah, avoid? Yeah, so he tries to avoid the vengeance that this claw will want on first claw. So it's a tradition if one claw loses a member to another claw, you go and kill him. Yeah. And you go and you claim it back in blood. Yeah. So Dalcaras. I think he he's sort of a similar mind to uh, Talos, where he oh, hey, cheeky. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so he was a similar mind where he doesn't want. He knows that they're really like in a bad state, and he yeah. doesn't want to lose more. I mean, they've just lost three members of their claw through this. Yeah. Through this whole episode, yeah, they don't yeah. want to lose more by taking on first claw. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So he does this whole nice, eloquent speech where he thinks he's turned them round, and they all just go, "No, we need vengeance." Yeah, no, we need to go kill first claw now. And he's just like. Okay, fine. fine. Um, it's worth mentioning the branded. So they're called the branded, and I thought that was really cool. Just this once again, quick little thing where he gives you like two lines. Yeah. They've got Nostraman runes carved in, like, literally branded, branded into, into their arm. Yeah, yeah. It's really deep. And so they've got like black markings on them from the fire of it. So they're just oh, and they all have red helmets. Mm-hmm. So it's just nice little like. And Dalcaris you know has got um, an avian. He's got one of the newer marks of armor, oh, yeah, like yeah. the Korax. Cor- Cor- is it the Korax helmet? Yeah. Mark seven, I think it is. Um, again, just these little things that just give you a little insight. They're a bit different. They have their own thing. I mean, it's, it's cool for painters and hobbyists. You know, if you want to collect Night Lords, you could do whatever you want with every unit. Make them look individual. I like that. Yes, yeah. Um, the the quote, the, the Night Lords motto comes up, doesn't it? Yes. Where the, was it Ave Dominus Vox? Nox, yeah. So they're like trying to work out what to do with Uzus, and then they just hear something outside and they all turn and they're like, ah, oh, shit. Like, first claw, we've come for you. Yeah, first claw, we have come for you. And then there's this whole bickering and then, yeah, it's a really nice scene where they're sort of outside the door and like, Syrian's trying to auspect how many of them. He's like, there's seven. Maybe eight. Yeah, but they could be more if they all stood close together. Yeah. And they're sort of bickering, like, Talos is like trying to talk to them. Like, why are you doing this? Hey, yeah, we can sort this out. You yeah, know? it's like, we're going to have an honour duel. Yeah, I'll send Zal. And then everyone's they're and all like, like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> so this is where it's insinuated Zal. In the first pick, he's insinuated the best shot when he's taking on the Terminator. And here, it's insinuated that well, yeah. it's not, he, he is the best fighter out of People everyone. are wary of him. Like, yeah. oh, do I really want to go and honour duel him? Yeah, and they go, like, you, you, there's only five of you, and there's, like, uh, seven or eight of us. And he yeah. goes, yeah, but we have Zal. And they're like, oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so they're in the corridor, aren't they? And the door's shut at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. So they've locked themselves in whatever room they've locked up. Who's us? Yeah. And they're out there. And what, one key thing I think is really important to point out is um, Talos gets a private Vox link for communication from Dalcaris, the leader yeah, who's yeah, just yeah. taken over the claw, who's like, Talos, I'm really sorry. I really don't want to do yeah. this. Like, he's like, I know this is a waste. I know this is stupid. And Talos that like, we'll pull it off then. He's like, I can't. Yeah. Vengeance I, is, yeah. Vengeance you, is vengeance. Like, yeah. my claw want this. I can't be in charge if I don't let them do this. And he's like, okay. Um, and then, then, he, then they start talking about how they're going to handle this. And they go, we can't go with bolters because there's more of them. We need to get in close. Once we're in close, we will win. Yeah. So he's like, so he just says a whole bit, we're all ready in themselves. And I think... Zal's got his um, glaive getting yeah. ready, and I think they, I think First Claw, purposely set off smoke grenades. Yeah, they do. They like sort of bang, bash open the door. Because Third Claw into... can't see in, so they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and they, they know it take a few seconds for their prey site to come in, so it gives them time to close in. Yeah. So, so the Third Claw blow the door open. Yeah, and they run in, and smoke grenades have already been set off. Um, and I think um, 
they they don't open fire, do they? They third claw come in with bolsters. They yeah, come in firing. I think, think so, yeah. And in that in the time it takes them to fire and see, <laughs> yeah. Talos and Zal are already on them. Yeah, it's really it's really nice. And it was a bit before that when they go, when Zal goes, free me, let me fight, let me oh, fight. Yeah, and yeah. Talos just turns around and goes, let him loose. Let him loose. Yeah. Because <laughs> he knows he needs a close quarter combat monster with yeah. them. Yeah. So there's and this the whole scene is brutal. It's like, told from the point of view of Dalcaris and Talos fighting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like Talos is like charging and as he's getting close to them, he's like bits of ceramite are blowing off. And because like, he loses his whole chest piece. Yeah, his Aquila's the broken Aquila's completely Talos even gets more smashed. Really fucked up. Yeah, like and I think Zal does as well. Zal's helmet those gets two, smashed because yeah. they take the brunt of the yeah, charge. Yeah. Uh, but you, you know, and then he just hears a ping, and he knows Zal's just killed one of the other. Because well, um, uh, as well as being a de facto leader, he's also still got his gear set up to be an apothecary, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So he always gets squad flat lines that are nearby. So he's getting. Flatline, flatline, flatline. Yeah, it's really Zal nice. just churning through <laughs> yeah. everyone. And then there's a, there's a horrible... I think he turns to see Azaz and Azaz is just like chunking up another one into like tiny bits. It, it, it describes him as climbing on him and scrabbling to get his gladius yes, yeah. into the neck seal. And it's like scraping over the guy. like It's like... And then he gets it in and he just starts hacking against the bone and the blade won't go through it. And it's like... Easy as squad. You are just fighting alongside them. Like, this is <laughs> yeah. insane. And then it's just, it's just left with Talos and Dal Dalcaeus. Well, it's just left with Dalcaeus. Dalcaeus gives him a fight. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, like Dalcaeus is pushing him back, and he just steps away. Well, like, I, Talos just disengages from the yeah, fight. Yeah, and then like, you're on your own. And then yeah, and then all the rest of First Claw just come around Talos, and he's like, and they're all bleeding, and they yeah. but they've just massacred seven other Night Lords and Dalcaeus, and they're all alive. They're yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, well, they're not fine. <laughs> they're, they're they're in pain. Yeah. So what does Dalcaeus? Do. I think he's he, he sort of he knows that he's going to be executed, and he sort of he gets on his knees, and he, I think he pleads to tell us like don't he takes off his helmet and looks at him. And he's yeah, like, he's, he doesn't he say like uh, let me join first claw. Yeah, I think there's a whole bit where he's like don't murder me with um, Malkarian's bolter. Yeah, and he goes and they have a little discussion, and afterwards he's like you know let me join first claw. Why would we want you to join first claw? Yeah, as he says, you, you couldn't even keep your brand new squad in check. check yeah, why do we want? We've just butchered your squad. Why would we want you? Defeated you, yeah, yeah. and you couldn't even keep them in check. Why would we want you? And then he gets, he says like about two to say words in a sentence, yeah. and then his head just explodes, vaporized. Yeah, and Talos has just executed him. Like I'm done. Let's leave. Yeah, and then he's like, right, these are. Flush the bodies out into the void. We'll take, take the armor. What you want. Yeah, <laughs> take the armor pieces. Um, and it's one of those sigh moments where they go to see. Um, uh, Se- uh, Septimus. Yeah. Um, and he just looks at him like, "What the fuck? <laughs> We've got to fix all your armor." So he works out they need new armor, right? He's like, "I need help. This is going to take months." Yeah. So this is really a bit where they sort of how how they sort of assign jobs to the new. Well, they're all kept in like a room when it's completely dark, chained together. And then it's you find out Septimus and Octavia actually come through each room, yeah. and they basically have a have like a slate, uh, like, like a tablet, and they're and, filling in an Excel spreadsheet yeah. essentially. Yeah, of like you are who work. are you? What yeah. do you do? Yeah, but I think they're sort of slightly impressed with Mark because he he manages to escape. Yeah, Marek had, had um, shuffled his uh, chains free, and he was trying to find a way out, and he finds a key code in a pitch black yeah. room he finds a key code and he's jammed in there with loads of other slaves punches in a bunch of numbers and the door pops open 
And when I read it the first time, I remember being like, oh, that's lucky. That's yeah. like a hero in a movie. <laughs> and then it actually turns out that Octavia had opened the door yeah, just yeah. at the exact time that he'd put the numbers in. Um, so Scepter's like... Back oh, off, I'll protect you. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's like, I don't need protecting. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, there's this whole thing for this book of this sort of teenage romance between Octavia oh. and Septimus. It's all like, mm, I hate you. Do you know, it's this nice little thing, a bit like in, uh, you know, do you remember The Force Awakens where yeah. Finn's like, uh, are you okay? Yeah. To Ray, And she's like, yeah. Why wouldn't I be? Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. Like, I'm not in trouble. I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, so they meet, um, they meet uh, Marak and it turns out he's nifty with his engineering skills. Yeah, so Septimus like, right, well, you're assigned to me. Yeah, you can work with me. Well, I'll tell you one bit I really like, actually, just going to, I know I keep hammering it home, but I think it's a nice little thing that doesn't get brought up often, is how the Legion treats slaves and serfs that are important. Yes. The way they treat uh, Septimus, where... Uzas, they go in there, they've all just been, they've just butchered Third Claw. They're, you know, their armor's literally hanging off of them. Some of them can't even walk properly because, like, servo gears have yeah, up. Yeah, limping. Yeah. Uzas is just like, slave, fix my armor first. He just says it. And um, Talos turns around and says, don't talk to my, my slave, my yeah. armorer, our First Claw's pilot like a chamber slave. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't, he's not there to take away your shit pot. He's there to fix our stuff and keep us operating. It's just like, don't you dare to fucking talk to him that way. Yeah. I really like that. I thought it was cool. Yeah. It's also a bit like, uh, no, he's doing mine first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it is very much like, he's doing mine first. You get in line. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, there's a bit, but there's also then, after we you know, go through, we can see more. I reckon that there's a bit where the Exalted meets um, Talos in the old Apothecary. Apothecarium. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. this is where we meet the Corophus, and he sends the Corophus to get Talos to come, and yeah. you have the whole bit as we described of him walking in on all fours. And yeah, but his jump pack is like chugging away yeah, yeah. Um, in need of flight. It's worth mentioning, this is immediately after the fight. It's been like minutes. Yeah. Um, what is it Talos says? He, he has a go at Uzas for being so flippant about killing another claw. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, um, and you want me to go and tell him on my own a whole clause, basically two claws are gone. Yeah. We're out of action for two months. One's dead. Um, yeah, cool. I'll go do that. And he's been battered. Talos is like in pain at this point. Yeah, he's, I mean, in this meeting with the Exalted, I think the Exalted gives him a slight bit of respect for coming to see him in such a like terrible state. The Exalted, because the Exalted sees things in different levels. I mean, yeah. Not like you and I. He sees it in degrees and he can see he's in an immense amount of pain. And but, he's still there standing. He's fine. Yeah. It's because he's got so much drug stim stuff <laughs> yeah. pumping through his veins, keeping him alive. So then this is where the Exalted, I think, has a slight turn of character from what we see in the first book and up to this point where he goes, I am fucking sick of being in the state we are. Yeah. Like, I'm sick of being commanded by traitors like Reuven from the Black mm-hmm. Legion. Oh, do this, do that. I want to make our, you know, our group what it was meant to be. We should be a legion again. Yeah. 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 So it's a really nice like turning point where like Zoltis not just like that arsehole demon mm-hmm. that we had at the start. He is he he has a bit of pride in what he wants to do. Yeah, and it's yeah, really yeah. nice. So I think that's and Talos like I, I think he agrees and he goes, Right, well we need Gene Seed. Yeah, that's when they make the decision they need Gene Seed and they need to sort their ship out. Right? Yeah. Like we need we need to stop hovering around and running away from stuff. We need to get this ship back to full operating power. Yeah. So we've just got loads of ore, can't do anything with it. What do we do with it? Trade it. 
That kind of thing. And, and that's where the exotic goes, right, well, we need to go to the Maelstrom then. We need to go to Hell's Iris. Um, and, it, a, and everyone's it, like, oh, bollocks, yeah. we do, don't we? It insinuates of something that's happened in the past, and it's... So what is Hell's Iris? So Hell's Iris is where Lufthuron's... It's, I think it's one of his mine. It's, not, it's not even, minor. It's not a major yeah, port for him. But it's like a it's like a space station basically where they all sort of hang out and he knows that they can get repairs there basically. Yeah. So it's a huge dock, like huge, as in probably hundreds of ships are there. Yeah. And they're there for supply to be fixed, but it's always done through bartering and agreements and stuff. Yeah, I always imagine it a bit like uh, Tatooine in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah like, you're uh, going to find scumbags and yeah. stuff there when you need them. <clears throat> they're, they're not greeted on the warmest welcome. There's a great bit. So they decide they're doing that, and then it cuts to meeting the Ryle, doesn't it? And he's helping fix Huron. No, no, there's a, no, there's a bit... Um, cuts to Varai, and he's operating on some Corsair, and he's... Yeah. <laughs> the guy's like, fix me... And he's, he just sort of looks at him and he's like... I can't fix you, you're dying. Yeah. Fix me, damn you. Yeah. And he just kills him. <laughs> yeah, he just puts, like, gets his Vembrace out and he just puts it next to his uh, temple and just put, like, flexes... He uses a palm pump. And, yeah, and just, yeah. Just puts a bolt for his temple. And so like, brutal. And he's just like, fucking waste of space. Yeah. And uh, so it turns out Varyl's not really liked around his, uh, you know, traitorous brethren anyway. They don't really care for him. No, he, they're just seen as... He is an apothecary. Yeah. And yeah. he's well respected, but... I don't like him. He's not a chaos worshipper like the rest of them. No, no. So he looks upon his brothers that have the the, the pantheon carved yeah. in their faces and he finds it weird. He's just looking at them like, why have you done that? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Um, and, and, then, then, and then that's... Is that when they arrive? At yeah, so it's a bit afterwards. Yeah, I mean, we cut that bit. Yeah. So, But it's a really nice bit after Varav's done that. And he just goes next, like the yeah. whole line of <laughs> yeah. like of them. It just reminds me of like some Napoleonic surgeon. He's just like hacked off a leg and then just gone right next one. Yeah, bring him in. Yeah, and I think there's a bit as well where Yazaz confronts Talos, and Talos is like staggering in the corridor, and he's like, Talos suddenly it's when Talos realizes I am not healing. I'm actually dying. I'm like I mean, in a really shit state, yeah, and then Yazaz sort of comes up to him and he takes his blade out and he even puts it to his throat. Yeah, and he goes, and he's telling him why he. And Taz is like, you're just, you know, Yazaz, why do you do this? You yeah. know, you're just condemning him. And he's like, well, I kill like I, our father killed. Yeah. You put Kurz up in this platform of being this respected. <laughs> he didn't. He just butchered and murdered people. Yeah. And that is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Because I was born to kill. So he's just, he, and I think he's a bit as well, he talks about the gods and he says, I don't worship them. Mm-hmm. I use their power. Yeah, I yeah. need it to do moment, but I don't worship them because yeah. I see them as a weapon for the long war. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's this whole yeah. bit where you're building more character around Dizaz where he's... He's a lot deeper than you think. Yeah, and then, as even Talos thinks, he's, I think yeah. he's a little bit taken aback. Yeah, by... and then he passes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he just drops, drops to the floor. floor and it's quite a scary minute for him, I think. Yeah, um, and yeah, so we cut to a little bit later and they arrive at Hell's Iris, right? Yeah. Um, and I think they arrive as, if I remember correctly, um, when uh, Huron's being operated on by yes. the Ryle and his uh, boss. I can't remember the character's name. No. They're doing what we mentioned earlier. They're massaging his brain. Yeah, to make it's him horrible. Feel his pain. Um, I think we covered it already, but yeah, they get their fingers in there and they seal off yeah stuff, they, keep, they? they keep taking all the burning out the nerve synapses so he doesn't feel pain but his astrati's gene keeps healing re- it, it yeah, so yeah. he feels pain it becomes yeah. this weird like juxtaposition they have, do, they have to keep doing it yeah. to make him feel less pain 
Um, and then he mentions that they have some visitors that he needs to go attend to, and he wants them there. Yeah. Um, and then he says it's the Exalted um, and the Night Lords. And then he says that um, they've got a lot of bootlicking to do, yeah. which I thought was great. It's like, hang on, this is a Chaos Renegade chapter who do not give a shit about Night Lords. They're like, we don't care if you've been doing it for 10,000 years. Yeah. We're bigger and more important right now. That's yeah, pretty cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. I think there's a bit where they sort of come from, when they when they open it and they get docked and they land, there's a lot of these Corsairs sort of... Having, they square off to each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's a sort of insult. It's a bit like the first book with the Black Legion, Terminators. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly the same. It's, it's very much just like, we're way above you. They're like, mm, you can't come on. You can't come into Hell's Iris. And then uh, Talos is like, we're going to go through either with you or through yeah, you. Yeah, you thin blood. Yeah, yeah you, you smell thin blooded. Like, yeah. Just let us in, for God's sake. And then I think Briar's when Briar turns up and they talk. Uh, his brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, it's all like, they're all like, oh, okay, shit. Yeah, it, it, we find out that the First Corps really like him. They're all really brotherly with him. Yeah, like, yeah. They just think he's a nice guy. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's an absolute horrible asshole. But, um, so not loads of exciting stuff happens on Hell's Iris, does it? It's more just no, this is a deal's made. Deal's made. And there's a nice bit where they meet, as we said before, about Hero, and he, and he says, um, when, he, when Talos does that little joke, little dig at him, yeah. and he, he says about Charisma bled from his wounded carcass and a trickling aura. <laughs> I just love that bit. It's just like, he's just, he's, he's like in bits. He's yeah, like yeah. mechanical, his bits of muscle, sinew everywhere. And he just waves says like charisma bled from him. Yeah, they, he can't help but like him. No. It's really annoying. And um, then they go in, and then Huron says, oh, I've got a, a gift for you. Yeah. Oh, so hang on. So first they make a deal, don't they? So yeah, what, yeah. Is, what is the deal? The deal is that you have to help me in this villainous, they call it the villainous uh, campaign mission, mission yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 it's like you'll help us on this mission. And then we'll fix your ship. We'll get it completely back on In a month, I think yeah. he says. Yeah, because I think he says it's going to take at least like three or four months. Yeah, I think it's a bit where Del, Del Tree and the um, Mechanicum guy yeah, says, yeah. there's a whole bit where he goes, oh, he goes through the whole ship. Yeah. And it's quite a funny bit because he's really like, you know, as the Mechanicum, he's really like uh, sort of plain and fact. Yeah, they, yeah. They're sort of having a joke and he's like, I don't get that. Yeah, yeah, he does. I love him. I yeah. love him so much. But he's not in this book a lot, which is a shame. No, there's a bit where he says, um, actually, Octavia's hurting the ship because she's really bad at navigating the ship's like the fighting warp. against her yeah, and she's yeah. really bad at fighting through the warp without the emperor's light yeah so Delta's like if we keep going like this she will literally tear shake us the, apart yeah she'll shake the ship apart so but he says it will take like months and months and yeah so Huron offers to do it in a month in return for helping them on a mission yeah and Talos goes he can't not he accept. He can't not accept. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. Um, and then he says, I've got a gift for you. Yeah. And they go down to this horrible scene in like this torture cell with Reuven. We find that is Reuven. And he's literally in a cell, hang, sort of chained his arms. So in the crucifix position. He's on like, his knees. On his knees. Yeah. And he has like this most intense light put in his face basically so much so that um he says that i can't tell if my eyes are open or shut i think they've i think they're like gunked t- together kind yeah of thing. he can't he can't tell he can't see a thing even yeah. when they're shut it's just as bright and it's burning the you can say he says it's constantly but like his body's trying to heal it but it's constantly burning the sensitive um, nerves at the back of his eye so yeah he's basically he's, he's bleeding out of his eyes yeah. he's just he's been there for ages and then he's also in like a mechanical um, collar that's got inscription on it that stop him using, using the wall yeah. yeah so he's trapped there as a gift 
Um, and Talos doesn't give a shit. He's like, cool, whatever, and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I think just ask him, where's his, where's his yeah. weapons? Where's his armour and weapons? Can we have those? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the next bit is, more on the Helzirus bit, is where we have, see Septimus doing his... Dirty deeds. Dirty deeds, where, as I said, it's a bit like a Star Wars cantina. It is, it? you hear in the background, do, 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 do. It's like the skin... Walker woman. Yeah, I imagine her quite slaneshy. Yeah, like like a kind of like a demonette. Like, yeah, she's like a, a seducer, and he he warns Merrick. Right, he's like she like starts seducing Merrick. Yeah, do not talk to her. Ignore her. It's like you see that dress she's wearing. That is skin. <laughs> yeah, it's not made of cloth. It's made of skin. And he's like, I think she wanted to sleep with me. And he's like, Yeah, she did. She would. And then she would skin you. <laughs> yeah, and then she skin you and kill you. Yeah, um, that's pretty gross. It's like a dark version of Lucas's vision. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are they doing there, though? Why are they there? They're there to. This um, is on Hell's Iris. This by is Hell's Iris. Yeah. yeah. So they're finding. He's literally finding pregnant women yeah. who aren't tainted. That's yeah. what he's specifically trying to find. Yeah. And he, um, he's basically getting drugging them and put them on the yeah, covenant so of blood. He's it, it alludes as he's talking with Mirak and they're drinking this like horrible. Oil, drink that yeah. they're convinced is made from the oil in the ship or the the the, the platform or whatever and um but he's playing with a ring on his finger he keeps like you know fiddling with it yeah uh it says that that's what he uses i think it must have like it's quite cool like old school sci-fi stuff like i imagine i think he like brushes her neck yeah yeah just... like he leans in to talk to her and he brushes her neck with his hand and i imagine it, like some little like <laughs> like a little injection that just knocks her out yeah it's she's a pregnant woman yeah. right? and he's just knocked her out and him and Mirak carry her back to the yeah I think coven. Septimus like tries to say that this is what the Corsairs are doing but they're going to do it in a far less br- more brutal action and their life would be a lot more worse yeah we can give them a fairly good life on the Covenant of Blood yeah and we, we need their children for the genes the injection of determined yeah. astralities and, and he does he does mention he's like we're not the only claw doing this on yeah. the ship all the claws are all sending out loyal legion serfs to do this. Yeah, and we're better than the Corsairs. Yeah. Their life on Hell's Iris yeah, is we'll worse. Treat them with yeah. respect again. They're doing that thing where it's you work for the legion, obey the rules, and you'll be okay. Yeah. Um, I think we forgot one bit, which I think is really important. As the Covenant of Blood pulls into Hell's Iris, the Exalted. If you remember from the first oh, episode. Yes. The Exalted flies the ship, but he can feel the ship. He's got like that sense where he can be 10, 20 seconds ahead of an Orspex scan. Yeah. You know, they'll pick stuff up and he would have already worked out what it is. And he can sense something around Hell's Iris and he sees a. Um, he's like, there's something here I recognize. Mm-hmm. He's like, there's something here that's not to do with Hell's Iris or the Corsars that I know. What is this? And he's like putting out his psychic tendrils yeah, yeah and he's telling the auspex scan guys like that ship there what's its history i think it's called like the venomous birthright or something like that yeah that's what the corsairs have changed it to yeah but it's um he goes he goes scanning goes it's that and they go go deeper like, yeah keep, keep looking at its history go for its records keep digging and they try to cover it up it's uh, what's it called it's the called, echo of damnation it's uh old one of the oldest Night Lord ships that the Red Corsars... I, I, I read it today, just to double check. They've had it for six years. Yeah. They've stolen it from the Night Lord somehow. Don't know how. Don't know if it was by fight or might, but they've nicked it. And uh, Talos immediately says, we're not leaving here without that ship. Yeah, I think everyone, every one of the Night Lords... Not Lord, a single Night Lord uh, yeah. says, we shouldn't do that. Yeah. They're there to be helped. They need help. 
but they, that all goes out the window. It's like, right, we're fucking them over. We need that ship. Yeah. So that that's our ship. So that's when we go back to the deal that they make. They're like, yeah, okay, we'll do that deal. But in the back of their minds, like, we'll do this, and then, in, but we're stealing that ship. Yeah, so the, Aaron Dempsey Madden doesn't keep that mission secret from us. It's not a reveal yeah, in the yeah. narrative. It's they decide, we'll go see what Huron will offer to, what do we need to do to get this ship running again? Um, and the real mission for them is cool. Whatever we have to do is minor, but we're getting that ship back. That ship belongs to the Night Lords. Um, it's like a pride. It's like a nice. It's pride for them. It's yeah. definitely pride. It's you're not good enough to have that ship. You're not a legion. That's a fucking Night Lord ship. We want it back. Um, and so, what does it turn out they need to do? So yeah, there's, there's a few other scenes where we, I think. We'll there's some world building. There's, there's some, some world, world building. Strong yeah, world building. there's some like I think there's a bit where Octavia kills someone with her third eye by accident. By she's accident. in the shower. Yeah, it's a really lovely scene actually. Not because she's in the shower, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but um, we've all done it. Where it's the first. So bear in mind, by supplies we mean as in like Hell's Iris has given them water. Water, yeah. They've run water. out of water. Yeah. They've well, run out of water. They recycle the water, don't they? But yeah. So no one was allowed to shower. So she hadn't showered for months. Um, and she has her first shower and she's just like, oh my God. And we've all been there, right? Like where you're like, you know, if you go to a festival yeah. and you come back and you have your first shower in like three days and you just, it's the best feeling in the world. But she's like, she pulls a bit of blue fluff out of her belly button yeah, yeah. because it's it's the blue fluff from her Night Lord's Lord, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, overall that she has to wear. And she laughs and one of the mutants that's not the hound attending her hears her laugh and says, sorry, mistress, and pokes her head around the corner. And she instinctively turns to look at the attendant. Yeah. And the attendant looks at her third eye and immediately starts spasming and throwing up blood. And then the hound walks in, puts, puts a shotgun in his mouth and blows, blows his head off. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. And he said, I just did it because she was in pain. She's, yeah, yeah, She's yeah. dead. She was in pain. I ended it for her. And then the hound just walks off. He's just like, I know you didn't mean it, mistress. It's fine. Yeah. It happened. So yeah, it's, it's just this, yeah, all these, life on the ship. Eh? These, yeah, like all these little side stories of like it's yeah, it's, it's building up. It's it's there's a lot of just little things going on that aren't that important really, but they're cool. They just kind of happen. It's, yeah, there's a bit yeah. of stories about you know in the black market when Talos goes and meets the Voidborn's father and who's been citing up a bit of a re, not a rebellion. He's been getting people riled up about yeah. the Legion. Like, they're not protecting us. And, and he offers him, he has the Blood Angel's helmet that killed the daughter, and he puts it on the table and he gives him his sword and goes, smash the helmet. Yeah. I, I killed this guy for you, but yeah. if you want vengeance, literally just take your anger out on this. Yeah. And he, get, and he dismisses him and says, oh, it's not going to bring her back and stuff. And he goes, why do you think your vengeance is not, you know, why is this, her death, worth more than anyone else on yeah, this no ship? Yeah, no one else is here is moaning. Yeah. Yes, want... you lost your daughter. That person lost their wife. That person lost their dad. Like... Get yeah. over it. <laughs> We're yeah, all in problem here. I know, it's like, life is shit. Yeah, yeah it's like not, dismiss, to our shit. Yeah, not dismissing the, the loss, but it's like, you, you've got to get over it. Like, it's the only way you're going to continue. Yeah. It's a really nice bit. And yeah, like, yeah. if you don't, I'll come back down and skin you yeah, and hang I'll skin you from you the Yeah, I'll hang you from the ceiling, boneless. Like, <laughs> yeah. get over it right now. Um, and then and then they, they start prepping. So there is a bit where Octavia's like, she hasn't seen any of the first claw for a while because they're all training. Mm. And what are they training for? So yeah, so we find out the villainous thing is the Marines Errant's what's it called? Fortress Monastery. Fortress Monastery. So it's basically their HQ. Yeah, it's so for you know you can go to any any fluff area about background on Fortress Monasteries. 
they're not to be fucked with. They're like beat like on. Like for the Ultramarines. It's yeah. They're they're it is is literally that. I mean, McCrag's a, a bit case, bigger, but, but yeah, yeah. It's a planet that if you went attacking it with ships, you're going to die. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, there's a reason the Night Lords are useful for this. Yeah. So their part is to <clears throat> basically cause a distraction. Basically, they know. I think Huron says. We've um, been doing planning this for years, and we've stretched the Marines' errants on Crusades so thin yeah. that we know that there'll be only like a hundred of them left on this yeah. monastery. Yeah. So when when they went to Ganges and earlier on, um, you know, sorry, in the prologue, yeah. on that planet, the reason they had run out of shit themselves is because of the Corsairs yeah. purposely dragging them away over time. Um, Night Lords were kind of just a coincidence. They were the perfect final part of the jigsaw yeah, really yeah like, it's kind of like oh, the, what they needed them to do was exactly what they love doing sort of um, running around sort of it, it says we can't do stealth because of our armour but yeah. basically we can be quick butcher people cause fear cause fear and then just sort of get out when yeah. you're fighting <laughs> so they, they land on the Marines Errands planet under the cover of solar flares so yeah so um, they land single drop pods all over the place don't yeah. they so they're all going in through different routes None, they don't land as a squad it's just First Claw I think and the Raptors yeah so there's a really nice bit where the scanning crew are searching for something yeah. and because of the solar flares they can't tell what it is and someone goes that looks like a drop pod. So they send out two marines yeah. to go and investigate, and they're going. There's a nice bit in their land speeder, and they go and they like dust off. They find the drop pod and they dust it off, and it's like, oh, that's a night lord symbol. Yeah, traitors. Yeah. yeah. How do they die? Oh yeah, they're, they're named, and then they're mentioned later when Huron basically butchers. Oh them. yeah, they're so they named, come up with relics. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's so that's a really nice sort of bring I missed back. that bit. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So. We find out, yeah, so basically First Claw infiltrate the monastery. Yeah. And uh, the raptors also infiltrate, but they infiltrate a level up. Yeah, so the raptors, so bear in mind this is a Fortress Monastery, this is bigger than a city. This yeah. is, this is a, you know, the scale's crazy in 40k. This is the mountain on top of a mountain on top of a mountain. This is <laughs> well, massive. I think they said the towers go above the skyline. See, yeah. And you can't see the top of it. But the raptors go up from the top down and uh, First Claw go from the bottom up. Yeah. They're so in the surf levels, which they love. So they get to butcher losers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just... yeah, well, I think Zal's a bit gets a bit pissed off with it. Doesn't he, he wants to fight someone real. Yeah, yeah. but um, their point is to distract to bring the Marines errands to them. Yeah. So, while, so then the Raptors can then go and blow up the power supplies yeah. that would bring down the orbital defenses, and therefore Huron can land his force, exactly. take the monastery, and what he wants is gene seed. Yeah, he wants the Marine errands gene seed. To supply a man with non, mm. I guess it's non mutated gene seed that it's he's trying pure, to. pure gene yeah. seed. Yeah. So, so that's the plan. Is, is it's very clever. So first claw, we get a nice little couple of short bits from each one of them, I think. Yeah. And how each one of them goes around killing, you know, it's um, marines are in surf. So you get a nice little backstory of a man whose job it is to, is to write the parchments that get yeah. sealed to the Space Marine's armour. You know, we've all painted them, the little red purity seal. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He writes those. It's, it's scripture and poems and stuff that get put on the... And that's his job. And he thinks he hears something in the room next to him, goes in there. He's like, what's that person doing? They're sitting down doing nothing. Are you okay? <laughs> he thinks he has so a he, heart attack at yeah. first. And he looks at him, he's got no eyes. <laughs> yeah. He's dead. And then, like, Talos is on the ceiling. Yeah, he goes into, the, he goes into that thing and he keeps saying... Oh, what's that buzzing? It's making my like gums itch. Yeah, and it's the power armor. Yeah, um, and he like picks him up and he goes, 
literally goes, do not scream. And he doesn't scream. And he goes, oh, well, that will give you... I won't kill you, like, by feeding you your own eyes yeah. like the other did. But then he just kills him anyway. Yeah, so the, it's lot... It, you know, they're butchering quickly and quietly, hoping to f- people to find it and yeah. sow fear. They want to sow fear. And then the alarms go off and then they go lock and load. Like, we go live. Um, and don't they barricade themselves in a room? It's a big room. And they clear it all. Yeah, so I think um, there's a nice bit where, yeah, as you said, they all have a little talk. You see each one. I think Zal has a little another confrontation with um, Mercurian about. He keeps saying, "Why does Talus keep wanting to go back to our past?" And yeah. he has a bit of this thing where, he's like, again, you know, why? What's this golden age you keep talking about? We've always been fucking ruthless yeah. bastards. Yeah. Like the emperor, even the emperor, didn't really trust us. Yeah. Why do we want to go back to that? I mean, what's this golden age? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's all these little bits. And then, yeah, um, I think Syrian hears loads of people coming. Yeah. And he goes, right, um, he runs. And you're like, why is he running? And he enters, like, this big room. And he sees the rest of First Claw. And he goes, all right, they're coming. <laughs> and he's like, all the benches yeah. and stuff. And bodies are, like, spread around the side. Yeah. And they start having a fight with these, like... And they're not even going out to fight. They're just firing around the corner, corner aren't they? yeah. They're just firing down the corridor to keep the Space Marines at the other end of it. Yeah, and then suddenly you hear, like, this gust of like... It turns out they put a teleporter in the room. Yeah. And, and who arrives? Who are running these Terminators to sort of appear and they just start marching, don't they? Yeah. They just, and it's amazing. I love that scene because the Terminators basically just walk in a column together as a line, like a wall. Yeah, this is when the Marines, the Marines actually turn up. They get there and they're like, fire! And it's just a wall of Terminators who just don't give a shit. They're just bound, bullets are bouncing yeah. off. Yeah, it's nice bit where Talos like, kind of respects the Marine errants for their like, Order. Order and loyalty to the Emperor. He's like, I remember being that way. Yeah. Yeah, and he's a bit nostalgic about it. And then <laughs> well, he's then... firing around the side of Terminators. Yeah, and all well, the Terminators turns around to him and he goes, like, fight you Nostrum bastards. <laughs> so just, they're just, like, laughing to each other. Like... Yeah, there's just this really good bit where it's just the clicks of their box as they're laughing to each other yeah, over like... it, but the, the, the Red Corsairs can't hear them. Yeah. Like, it's really good. <laughs> um, and then they, they take that corridor... Um, Huron like lets loose with his big fiery hand fist thing yeah and he turns around to chastise the night lords for not doing anything yeah. and they're gone they're not there <laughs> they've legged it they've disappeared do what they do when a fight becomes fair they, they go the other way <laughs> yeah it actually says when a fight becomes fair we run the other way um, they've legged it they're getting out of there um, this is where they're executing their real mission yeah, which so is they- get back to the covenant of blood and take the Echo of Damnation. Yeah, so Septimus picks them up in Blackened, and there's a nice bit where him and <laughs> him and Huron sort of have a go. Um, like Huron's like, "Oh shit, we're flying!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, he doesn't Septimus like it. Septimus is like laughing, like, "Yeah." Hey, yay. So in the meantime of them taking the Fortress Monastery with Huron, uh, Varial has seated himself on the Echo of Damnation um, and shot the rest of the squads. That we're getting ready to leave into the vacuum of space. Yeah, so there's a whole bit where Talos says, Why don't you join the Night Lords, Farrell? You know, oh, yeah, you're yeah. more like us than you are a Red Corsair. Yeah. You don't like them, join us. Yeah. And he. He's like, Betray your brothers, you, you belong with us. You, yeah. you might not be from Nostramo, but you are Nostraman. Yeah. yeah. So he takes them up on an offer, basically, and he enters the Echo Damnation. Nice bit where he walks onto the command bridge and they're all like, Oh, the flare, and starts saluting him. Yeah. And he goes, uh, what you know? What's your preparations? And I think this this guy called Caleb, yeah, who has lots of titles. The, tri- the champion of chaos, yeah. kind of guy. Yeah, he's still preparing. And I was like, shit, I thought he'd be gone. Yeah. So he's like, okay, um, 
activate is it like a virus yeah say there's a, vi- say there's a contamination on that but deck and vacuum it into space yeah the captain's like quick goes uh, what do you mean? And he just shoots him, and he turns around yeah. to the next. He's gonna do this for me straight away. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> next, he turns to the next one. He goes. He says exactly, but he says exactly the same thing. And she acts on it straight away. Yeah, because yeah. she knows, which is really like funny. Cause it's just him being cold and cool. Yeah. So he vacuums all the red corsairs, or tries to vacuum all into space. Yeah. Them they jump. They jump into their ships, which are. And they just sit there and hide and wait, and they try. They try to get back in by using. A vindicator. A vindicator that was on the dock. <laughs> yeah, but they blow half. They blow half of them up. Which is which yeah. Ariel finds hilarious. Yes. And yeah. then um, and then they go back out. They go onto the outside of the ship to try and cut themselves back, back in, in for a them. week a bit. Yeah. yeah, for a thinner part of the deck. Um, At this point, first claw on their way to jump on to the yeah, ship. Yeah, with Varyl. With yeah. Varyl, and they get there. They do it. Then they jump into the warp. Yeah, and it's a really nice bit of description of. Rails says, "Oh, I saw them. I so, saw some of those." It was guys. like loads of red corsairs on the on the ship on the outside of it jump. as it jumps into this into the warp. Yeah, and he says, "Like literally, like first, like the armor dissolves, then the flesh dissolves, and then the boat, and then he sees the soul come out of the bones." Yeah, so it was like it was beautiful. It was beautiful, and they're like, "That's dark for us." Yeah. Wow. And he's, and he's like, like I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm jealous. Like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he goes, <laughs> "Aren't you impressed, Talos?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm impressed." I'm, I'm annoyed I didn't think of it. Yeah, yeah, but that is like. Dark. It's really dark. He's just sacrificed a load of souls to the void. It's so grim. Yeah. Um, they take the ship. Uh, it turns out there's loads of Nostraman crew. Yeah, so he's cool. So Varel says some words in the Stramans. So and the he, crew know, don't shoot Varel. Yeah. Let's do this. And, it's, and then it sort of indicates who's good, who's bad. Like who's yeah. who's going to work with them, who's not going to work yeah. with them. Yeah. So they take the ship. Um, they've taken Octavia with them. And Reuven is in charge of jumping the covenant of blood because yes. they've lost they don't have their navigator um so octavia is with the first, echo of damnation yeah. and first blood and she has to jump it doesn't have much luck no so this whole bit where they meet the original navigator for the echo of damnation who's like a slimy turtle lady yeah she's got horrible. scaly skin she's, she's got been, no eyes yeah and... been in a pool of her own urine and yeah and she's de-evolving i think it says yeah. navigator they all know that at some point their they genes will... start crashing yeah yeah and it's horrible, and they just and they just go ask Octavio, can she do this? And she Sorry, just like, looks no. at it and goes, no. And they just no. five bolters like just shoot blow her to pieces. So yeah, Octavia tries to jump the ship. She doesn't have much luck, and she well, yeah, because she says the ship actually reacts really well to her, but compared it's like a, to the other one, yeah, but it's like a stallion suddenly let loose. She, yeah. It just the ship just goes and just jumps like it's like I'm free. Yeah, and it goes doesn't go to the right place. I think they're like two hours. They're two away. hours away from where they're meant to be, yeah. and. The Covenant of Blood gets where it needs to be with the Exalted, and he's like, hang on a minute, where's the Echo of Damnation? Has he betrayed me? Has Talos betrayed yeah. me? And they're like, no, 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 he hasn't. And then out of the riff, out of the warp comes at first three, then another nine, yeah. then another three capital ships, and it's all Red Corsairs chasing them. Yeah, it's a really nice bit where the Exalted sees those three ships, and he's like... He's like such rubbing oh, his hands, like, yeah. It's like this is gonna be so much fun, and I then another ship this. comes. Six ship, he's like, I can't okay. do this. Like, well, you, yeah. I think six ship, he goes, yeah, okay, this is doable. Like we can do this, and, and then it's nine capital ships, ships that are their like, level. Yeah, shit. Fuck. <laughs> um, and then the Echo Damnation catches up after forcing um, Octavia to jump again. Right. Yeah. They get there and they see witness. They witness it fucking executing ships all over the place. Yeah, they see like the um, Covenant of Blood literally on fire rolling as it blows up another ship from underneath yeah. and they're like 
there's 12 ships here. There's rem- remnants of four ships already blown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is where the Exalted there. It's a really nice bit of the Exalted. Suddenly he's like, you find out how the Exalted does what he does. He's sort of, it says it peels back the layers of Vandred's memory. Yeah. And um, it says, the Exalted can't fly the ship. He's just a demon. But he uses Vandred's memory to do it. Yeah. And then he suddenly goes, Vandred, because he's been disappearing slowly, the Exalted's been like, oh yes, he's finally leaving. Mm -hmm. But what he didn't count on was that he's taking his memories with him. Yeah. And suddenly the Exalted's like, I don't know what to do. I can't. I'm seeing all these numbers, but I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm uh, stuck. What do I do? Yeah, and then suddenly Vandred just comes up to me and goes, "Do you really think you could win this fight?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. And doesn't he offer Vandred the chance to lead the ship? Like he's like, "Right, you can fight them." Well, I think that he, uh, Vandred floods him with all of his memories at once. Yeah. Like so, the exalted—he just like puts every human human memory Emotion he has, and it yeah. just overwhelms the exalted, and suddenly Vandred's in control. And Vandred, like, he's a human again, but he's still a demon. Yeah, he looks. Like he's a like demon. he can't speak because he doesn't know how to use his teeth. Yeah, and he's, he's like, like a mouthful of too many teeth, and he's like, oh my god, it's me. And that's when the the covenant of blood gets there, and he echo of damnation. Talos. Yeah, that's yeah. why the echo of damnation gets there, and Talos is like, exalted, what's going on? And he's like, it's Vandred. And he's like, oh my god, like, it's actually you. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, we're fucked. Yeah. We're going to die. You need to save everyone on this ship. And doesn't he just then go, uh, all hands, evacuate? Yeah, it like pains and him he, to say. He, he gives yeah. Talos the order to stay back, receive the ships that are retreating, take all in the claws that I've got, take in all of the people, I'll fend them off. Yeah, and it's and really nice. Talos sort of... takes it. Talos does it. Yeah, it's a really nice stand where you see Van Reddy's like so blown up he like ejects his plasma core blows up another ship he's like taking them out yeah like, he he causes, gonna... he's not going to win but he really really marks yeah. really marks them it's ridiculous <laughs> and there's a really nice bit just before he, the covenant of blood blows up which is really sad it's he's a great really ship yeah, yeah. Um, Vandred recedes and puts the exalted back into front he goes I hope this hurts yeah I hope this hurts and it closes his eyes and he reopens it's in the exalted again and yeah. then the ship explodes, explodes. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so good it's like, like I got the last fucking middle finger yeah. see you later um, and then that's kind of it right the, yeah there's a bit where we find out that Caleb Red Corsair guy is turned into a demon. Oh yeah, that happened during the transit, right? Yeah, so he sort of been evaporated into the warp because of his honours to the warp gods. They turn him into a demon, and he starts hunting. He starts hunting raptors on the ship, and it's a really nice bit where he, he can he can smell right. He can he smells people, so he that's where he yeah. runs. He just runs at them as a yeah, demon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's and he wants he smells Octavia, and he's like, oh, her blood will taste the sweetest. Yeah, and how, who's with Octavia at this point? This is as he defends her yeah. as well. Who's as is there defending? But she's got uh, Marak and the hound, the hound and Septimus. Septimus so they're yeah. all there with her as well. There's a really nice bit with the hound. The um, this Caleb demon guy grabs him holds him up and instead of like Morrick screams wets himself and he gets literally thrown against the wall and killed. his head explodes basically yeah. his head gets smashed to pieces but so Marrick did... is, so it's not made clear Marrick dies but I'm pretty sure he's dead yeah yeah he doesn't come back he's just got thrown into a wall his head explodes like an egg so yeah. I'm assuming he's dead but when he does it to the ha- uh, hound, the hound he literally just up. <laughs> and he yeah. just puts a shotgun in his face and just blasts it. Yeah, so the, the hound takes out his teeth, and the second shot takes out a big chunk of his, his head. head yeah. And then it just shoves a claw in him and throws, throws him to one against, side. Gets him against the wall. Yeah, throws him against the wall, and then Septimus is protecting Octavia, and they're firing las pistols into him. Then Uzas comes in and goes, "Get out the way!" And lobs and a launches chain a chain axe at it. And it's a really nice bit where he goes, it hits him, and he feels the pain, and he just hears. Click, click, and yeah. then the chain blades start yeah. going through his skull. Um, and then him and Zal start 
smashing it up and it's weakened. And then and they go then back outside the they door. They go outside and it follows them and it's like kind of falling apart a little bit and it's still made of the warp, so it's falling apart, but that everything that's falling off is just evaporating. Raising, yeah. And then like the Lycorius and the raptors get there. Yeah, so he comes out the door and he looks at um, Zal and Yazaz and then suddenly he looks up and there's like raptors coating the ceiling. Yeah. And then the Lycorius shuts the door behind him and he goes, I'm going to eat your eyes. <laughs> and, then, and then the demon that's possessing him just leaves. So he's suddenly a dude again. It's yeah. Like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And he yeah, just gets yeah. obliterated. Yeah. So, um, and that's, it ends with a really touching scene of um, Octavia holding the hound mm. and crying. And he's like, it's okay, mistress, you'll be fine. Um, and he said, oh, that's weird. It's raining in here. And that's it's her tears. tears and She's crying crazy. and she even says to herself in her head, like, if only my father could see me now crying over a heretic and a mutant. <laughs> yeah. Um and she cries because he dies in her arms and, you know, he is a heretic and a mutant, but she came to trust him yeah, and yeah. he's a loyal helper and, yeah, and, and that's how it ends really, right? I don't, I can't think I of think it. there's a bit where they, coo- they kill Reuven. So oh, yeah, they kill Reuven. I mean, it's really brutal, but it was coming. Yeah, they cut it. him in half because he's a traitor, so he's helped them escape, but... They've uh, only got one yeah, ship now, so they, they only need, need one you. navigator. You had it coming. Um, and... Uh, Uzas is marked for censure by the Legion, so he has his he he's commanded to paint his hands sinners red by Talos. Yeah, because it turns out that the uh, Voidborn's father, who had been told off by Talos and warned earlier, um, is found murdered, and they just assume it's Uzas. Yeah, but Uzas says. I, I didn't kill him. I didn't kill him and I definitely would have remembered doing it. Yeah, he goes... But he accepts it. He's like, fine, whatever. I still, Maybe I did do it. <laughs> I, I think he's still, like, he's still in this bit where he's still like in pain from the corn obsession. And stuff. Yeah. So he's just like, fuck it, Yeah, fine. so he takes it. Um, and I think that's the end of the book then. That, that kind of wraps it up, right? Yeah, pretty much. So yeah. basically lost the ship, gained mm. another ship... Still in the pretty much the same yeah, kind of in the situ- same situation they were in already. Yeah. Um, but now Talos is in charge. Yeah. So we end with the Soul Hunter as the leader of the warband, which is basically cool. yeah. yeah. Um, and that's that. Uh, I don't think we've got much else to talk about. Um, yeah, I think that's the end of the episode, right? Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope we didn't ramble too much on this. No, one. it feels like a long episode. Um, two hour mark. That's not bad. Um, yeah, check us out on. We're on all social media channels now. Um, we're on uh, Instagram, which is probably our most active one. We've got Twitter. We've got a Facebook group. Um, just search for us, the um, Great Rift Podcast. Um, email us questions about this episode, um, and we'll pick them up at the beginning of our next episode. It's on the Great Rift Inbox at yes. gmail.com. That's the one. Send us some questions we'd, about this episode, and we'll read them out before. Um, and answer them if we can. Yeah, was there any bits that you sort of, maybe we, we glanced over that you really enjoyed? It'd be great to hear what you took from the book, what your yeah. favourite character is. Yeah, we definitely want to hear stuff. Just, yeah. Um, and shout out to people that interacted on our first episode. We really appreciate it. I can't remember the gentleman's name now who told, got in contact to tell us that because of that episode, he'd gone and bought the, um, not bought, but picked the ominous back up of his shelf. Yeah. And started reading it again, which is exactly what I want to hear. Yeah. I love knowing that we've yeah. made someone go, oh, let's read that again. It Just one person being inspired by what we're doing is awesome. So Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and that's it for now. So in the next three, four weeks, we'll be doing Void Stalker. So again, if you've got any questions or stuff you want to tell us about that book before we read it, please do. Um, And that is us. Um, Thank you for listening.
Bye. Peace. Peace.